0: All right, y'all, it's almost time to start the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thursday editions, we always go where? The Sacred Fire of Liberty with Jonathan E. Ward. Uh Fresh from the campaign trail, a lot of stops around Virginia. U.S. senatorial candidate, the next senator from Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine. He's going to join us momentarily. Jonathan E. Ward, we've got a lot of uh, updates on the news, including uh, what is right, what is wrong about the Supreme Court? And Texas, right? Texas wanting to defend its borders. And is it the Supreme Court saying, no, you can't do it? We'll get into that today as well. Also, we've got two doctors in our two, Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton and Dr. Shibra Jamil. Uh, You know, I'm not anti-doctor. I've never been anti-doctor. I want them to have the freedom to do right by their patients. And there are good docs trying to do that. And I think there are a couple of them that are wanting to do that. They have reclaimingmed.org. We'll talk about that. The homeopathic hit, what happens when you combine potassium and arsenic? There's your uh, tip. If you want to get ahead of yourself, go into robertscottbell.com, and you'll see the homeopathic hit of the day. So with that, let's get this uh, healing party started right about now.
1: The Robert Scott Robert Robert Scott Bell Show. the voice of health,
0: freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. All right, thanks for tuning in. Thursday, special event day at the Robert Scott Bell Show. We do the Sacred Fire of Liberty with Jonathan Ebert. For those of you who are new to the show, uh, you know, this show is about health, healing, but fundamentally health freedom, recognizing that our rights come from God, not government. And from time to time, that crosses over into a bit of a political realm, Uh, not because we tend to love talking politics, but where it crosses over to your bodily autonomy, your freedom to to heal and determine what you put into your body. Yeah, then we're going to cover it. And we got a guy who's running for the United States Senate, my good friend we've been uh, on the air for, for a decade now at least or more uh, and known each other for w- way longer than that and if you're new you got to know this guy jonathan eboard check out eboard 4 va.com e-m-o-r-d O R D va for virginia.com and you'll want to be out there gathering signatures or signing up and going yep we want him running not only that and winning to defeat tim kane for the next uh, senator of virginia welcome back jonathan good to be with you robert I love it. Today we were talking about this. It's hoodie day. Super Don's got his 1776 hoodie. I got my freedom hoodie and Jonathan's got his e hoodie and we're all, yeah, we're all doing it today. So this is the spirit with which we continue to bring broadcast healing to anybody who's ready for it. Uh, Jonathan, you guys are doing rock in Virginia. There's so many people that, as you're telling me off the air, that may be hearing about a, Uh, the signature drive from us on this show or other media appearances. And you don't even know it. They're out there gathering signatures for you. And yeah,
2: it's incredible, Robert. It is incredible. Talk about the grassroots on fire. I mean, we are really witnessing a revolution in Virginia. We have 160 people out there gathering signatures to get us on the ballot. They have to get a minimum of 10,000 signatures by March. The, we said by March the 18th, but when we're filing. But I think we're going to get more than that earlier. By March the 15th, we anticipate shutting the whole thing down and having all the signatures we need. Uh, But it's incredible, Robert. So we have people at five, for example, just uh, this past Monday and tonight, uh, we have people who are volunteers at five different locations getting all the people in those locations to sign petitions to put us on the ballot. We have people, I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of signatures coming in every single day, thousands on the weekends. And it's, it's incredible. Uh, But it shows you just how powerful our message is to save Virginia and to save America. Mm -hmm. The Liberty message It resonated really well with Ron Paul, and it really does resonate again today, more so than ever before, frankly. Because people have had it, Robert. They have had it. They've had it with abusive, overbearing government, with socialism, with the attempt to radicalize kids in schools, and to make their genders uncertain, and all this wacky nonsense. They're sick of it. So we're we're the we're the standard and champion against all that and as a result it's a clear choice for people we also as you know we're the most qualified i mean nobody's more qualified than we are robert to be in the united states senate the background that we have the whole movement that we've started uh and you and i have been involved in this forever i mean we've yeah. been involved in this since i was 14 years old like <laughs> 12 or 13 years old, as soon as my eyes began to open to the world mm. uh, in a big way about constitutional issues, I began to be invested deeply in this. And then for the, that period, from the age of you know, 10, 12, 13 years old, when I first started to read, I think the first book I read
0: mm-hmm.
2: that uh, made my eyes aware of, you know, become aware of what's going on was The Sum of Good Government by. Uh, then former congressman Phil Crane. Hmm. He documented in that little book uh the horrors of the bureaucratic state way back then. That was in 76, maybe. I was okay, so let's let's say 76. Yeah. I was uh 16 years old when I read that, I guess.
0: Dude, you were way ahead of the curve, my friend. You know, I got there, I think it was after I graduated from university when I started looking at these issues because my you know, my health challenges for the first uh, 18, 19 years of my life met with medicine that was uh, very disappointing to say the least because I was very not well, let's just say it that way, and some years later finding natural medicine and then beginning to question a lot of things, politically and everything, unraveling the mysteries as to why I didn't know about, for instance, homeopathic medicine, despite the fact that you know when I go back in Georgia, you, know, you can do this today, you can go to a civil war museum, and I grew up 30 years in Georgia, and I didn't know what I was looking at when I saw all these medical field kits in those in those museums are fascinating. But like, what is that? Turns out they're homeopathic remedies. Like, how do they erase history so completely? And then you go, why do they do it? Well, clearly to control the present and the future. So now they're not teaching any real history in, in school. And so the concern I have for the younger generation, if they're not homeschooled, they're being taught to hate America and love collectivism.
2: Yes, we really are at the end of our rope on this one, Robert. We are in a situation where the Constitution is hanging by a thread. Uh, it is violated with impunity by this administration and by the Democrat leadership in Congress. And the threat is so grave. Uh, look, we've got $2 trillion plus excess spending annually, deficit spending. And we have a $34 trillion national debt. The United States can't survive that growth of debt. Cannot. And so where where is it going to where's the cutting going to happen? They don't even have a budget process. Mm. Not since 1994 have they had a budget process. They just pass all these spending bills by continuing resolution and they do nothing to stop it. I mean, even Mike Johnson here, the new uh, House Majority Leader, he didn't stand in the way of these spending bills. He's compromised to allow the bills. This mm-hmm. is not how we're going to solve this problem. That's how we're going to destroy this country. They, they, the Republican Party, at a minimum, should be standing four square against excess spending and refusing to go along with this and insist on the budget process. But they're not doing it. And, and no. the cutting that needs to be done, Robert, is immense. I mean, we need to get rid of, and this is something that we should have done anyway, because it, it really is too much government. In the end, really, all we need are justice, state, treasury, and defense. That's what the Founding Fathers designed the federal government to have. Under, under uh, current day, I mean, we've got uh, so many departments, so many bureaus, so many agencies, mm-hmm. over 250 of them, and they make three quarters of all federal law. It's not the product of those we elect. And that violates Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution, which vests the power to make law exclusively in Congress. And yet almost all law today is made by the bureaucrats. Yeah, and They're unaccountable to us. So we have a bureaucratic oligarchy, not a republic. And uh, we've got to get back to the republic. And we have to be adamant about that. <laughs> we have to fight for it and not cave in to right. the other side for convenience. You know, uh, George Washington left us with this statement from his farewell address, which applies directly. He was prophetic, of course, on many, many ways, but this one... In particular, he said, let there be no change by usurpation, for though in one instance it may be an instrument of good, it is the customary weapon by which free governments are destroyed. So we've got to get back to a limited federal republic.
0: If we were to eliminate much of the oligarchy, then it was it would become possible and perhaps inevitable that we could get these budgetary issues and debt things under control. But most people say that's just not realistic. Uh, you know, they, they you know, called Ron Paul all kinds of names because he really adhered to the Constitution. So this is what the Constitution authorized, not this. But now even that which is legitimate within the Constitution has become so corrupted, like defense, the Defense Department is completely controlled by the pharmaceutical industrial complex. I mean, what they did to the troops more and more coming out in violation of even their rights, they, they put their lives on the line to defend our country, but they didn't sign on to become guinea pigs to big pharma. And that's what they treated them as, you know, basically, we're going to s- somehow mandate a shot that is experimental. And now some of the troops are put- pushing back. Some are active duty still. Many had retired early because they, they couldn't withstand the kind of assault.
2: Yeah. Um, big government eats not only us, but also itself, believe it or not. So here you have our troops, which you would think, you know, this is part of this massive complex. And it hurts our troops. the The big, you know, big government is not protecting our troops. It's hurting them. It grinds up people for the sake of what? Uh, And in this case, there's so many people in the military who were forced into retirement or kicked out because they wouldn't get the jab. And these are some of the best and brightest we have, Robert. And then they bellyache now about, hey, look, we can't recruit enough soldiers to meet our minimum expectations for the defense of this country. Well, they kicked out people in droves who were patriots willing to die for their country if necessary, hopefully kill the other guy, not themselves. But the point is, they drove them out for the sake of what? They drove them out for an experimental jab that has proven a disaster and that they knew was a disaster at yeah. the time of its making. This is a massive money-making fraud. The vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent you from transmitting COVID. The whole idea of... of Vaxxing kids is insane. They they recover well. 99% of kids recover from COVID and they have fulsome immunity, Mm -hmm. as do we, but they do in particular, and they usually have very minor symptoms. So forcing a whole population of children to be vaccinated with something that has severe adverse effects, including death and including permanent injury. Uh, So anyway... We need to do this, so when I get in there, I'm gonna introduce legislation that will require all those that receive federal funding that caused uh, the termination or early retirement of military, police, uh, uh, healthcare workers, and so on, to have to rehire those individuals, offer them rehiring, repay them the amount of money they would have been paid, back pay, and then give them the promotions they would be due. And restore the military. Restore these people to the healthcare. They're the most conscientious people in healthcare. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they cared so much about this. They were willing to put themselves on the line yeah. in the in the battle against COVID, and they were smart enough to know not to be vaccinated.
0: Yeah, they, and they're they,
2: the ones we're, we kicked out
0: right the ones with a conscience exactly Precisely
2: because they yeah. went against the propaganda line mm-hmm. and they're like dr robert malone as soon as he started to fight and say hey look which was early hey look this is a serious problem i dr malone was principal uh creator of the mrna platform and i know this is a horror and i can give you the detailed explanation as to why and he starts to explain it and immediately they censor him right yeah. and this is the history of this the greatest era of censorship we have ever experienced robert we just went through and it continues to this day this program's probably going to get censored
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we are
2: talking about how now how many times have we been on mm-hmm. and if we criticize the biden administration or talk about the vaccines and tell the truth they cut the program yeah. off the platform, deplatform it or whatever.
0: Yeah. Not only our criticism of Fauci and others like Bert, Burks, and others, uh, going back to the origin point of the this whole disaster, but even when we go internationally, we say, hey, the WHO got it wrong. I mean, they were almost more urgently banning us for that than yeah. domestic uh criticism. So yeah. And when we talk
2: about, I mean. One of the things I'm going to do as the United States senator, I'm going to introduce legislation to get us out of WHO and our financial support for it. And also the United Nations.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The United Nations is a disastrous relic. I mean, talk about globalism on steroids. The United <laughs> Nations now is really the CCP's agent. They attack Israel constantly. They condemn Israel. They defend the Palestinians. They defend terrorists. They attack the United States. They uh, expend money that that we help uh, finance for the purpose of supporting Hamas and Islamic Jihad. I mean, the 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 organization has become dominated by the communists. Well, it's always and been. What we have to do is get out.
0: It's always been a globalist agenda coming from League of Nations and its failure. Right. And then they reemerged as the United Nations. Same folks that screwed it up the first time said, yeah, we're going to do it again. We're going to call it something else. And, you know, I want to bring this up for those who are new to Jonathan E. Mord, this is a history book everybody should have in their home library and teach their kids this stuff when they're of the age to understand intellectually what's going on in history the authoritarians uh, their assault on individual liberty the constitution and free enterprise from the 19th century to today this is the kind of history that has not been taught for a long time in america and why many young people are growing up to believe america is is at fault for all the bad that's happened on the planet And no acknowledgement recognition that we've achieved extraordinary things because we've been the one nation founded on the principle of individual liberty, recognizing that our rights come from God, not government. Now, this is not to say we haven't, I acknowledge we haven't always lived up to those high ideals, but we are, uh, let's say, mature enough to address those things and say, you know what, we can do better. But to throw the entire thing out. That is falling right into the hands of those who want to destroy what's left of the appreciation for the very special nature of our form of government, which was limited, a Republican form, not a democracy, that would limit the damage it could do because the history of government is rife with destruction of not only foreigners, but domestic, right? It, it didn't matter. They wanted to you know, warn us about if we give too much power, if we centralize authority and bureaucracy, that inevitably we would end up enslaved just in, as in previous. Uh, Versions of government, whether it be under in a monarchy or uh, a communism socialist system, and so we are lost right now until we regain some semblance of constitutionality in the Senate, in the House, and the presidency one day. But this is not to say. All we need to do is vote Jonathan E. Morton in. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. And we want to do that. But each of us has to stand up in defense of this liberty and educate the next generation as to what is really vitally important and what is good or great about America, not in an egotistical way, but in a genuine, I would say, spiritual way, because this is a spiritual crisis.
2: Well, you know, after the Revolutionary War, reflecting upon the achievement of the creation of an American republic, Thomas Jefferson said that the ball of liberty started here has been rolling around, is rolling around the world. And what he meant by that was, look, we inspired the French Revolution. There were other revolutions. And he was hopeful that somewhere else on earth, if not everywhere else on earth, there would be a reestablishment of the American Republic, the model that we had. That is as is explained in the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, the governments are instituted among men to protect the rights of the governed. That is the purpose of government under John Locke's second treatise, and that's what the American Republic was. The first time in the history of the world, that's the first in the history of the world, when a government was created for the very purpose of protecting individual rights. Amazing. Okay. All other times, governments are designed to protect the divine right of kings, the power of the state, the power of individuals who have wealth. Whatever it is, government was designed to protect a class of rulers. Here, for the first time in the history of the world, This government was created for the purpose of protecting the rights of the individual. Jefferson said this ball of liberty will roll around the world. And there were revolutions all over the world, rights revolutions, inspired by the American Revolution, and every single one of them failed. They never brought about a republic like ours. Ours is the only one, as as Lincoln said, the last best hope for freedom on earth. It is it. And these fools who are in the Democrat Party and who are in groups like Antifa and BLM want to destroy the greatest institution of liberty in the world based on a false recreation of history, which is the Marxist way. Mm -hmm. And they are Marxists. And based on the idea that somehow... Being an American is reprehensible. You know what? Every American should be extraordinarily proud because you were born free in a country, nowhere else. Our rights in this country, thanks to the founding fathers, we know come from God. They are pre-political. They do not come from government. Mm -hmm. Our rights are unalienable. That's because they come from god government cannot alienate us from our rights but everywhere else in the world robert where rights exist they are from government, the government. yeah they're basically privileges Canada, repackaged yeah in england yeah. in australia in france in italy everywhere else in those countries which we have recognized as ones that are comparatively free In the end, they can take your rights away. They can do it with a vote of their legislature.
0: Well, Not in America. And in in the...
2: People should celebrate this. This is what makes us the greatest nation on earth. People Mm -hmm. flock from all over, of course, to try to get in here and now it's real easy. you be a communist and come in and we treat you just like we are an American citizen. You wanna destroy this country and be a terrorist and come in because Biden, the fool, will allow anyone into this country and is killing people, literally.
0: He's a tool of the globalists at this point. Yeah. Uh, look. The, did the you hear Ryan...
2: the open mic comment by him, by the way? By, did you hear? Did you Say that mic, again?
0: Did you hear Biden's open mic comment the other day? Uh, that was unintelligible. Did he say another thing that we couldn't understand what the words oh, he was whoa. saying? This
2: time he said something very clear and very shocking, Robert. Did you hear it?
0: No. I, I, all right.
2: All right. This is what he said. I'll paraphrase. He said that if Abbott, governor of Texas, does not let in military-aged males into the country, that he might well send an F-16 down there and clear out the obstacles. He said that. He said that. Go look Ooh. that up. Super Don,
0: don't can find that, that video up. because that that's an
2: AI creation. Right, that's thing. I now. got it. I it was an open mic comment, and you know, yeah, super i'll find it. Yeah, but it,
0: you have, okay. I
2: mean, he's a complete idiot, he's a potted plant, right? He's got the <laughs> chemical electronic activity of a potted plant, Joe Biden. Yeah. But every now and again, his true sentiments come through. Wow. And the fact of the matter is, he's a tool, right? He's a tool of the radical left, that's why they haven't gotten rid of him, that's why he's enabled to run uh, for re election. Hmm. He's a perfect puppet of those who are trying to destroy us.
0: I, I want it, Jonathan, I, yeah, Super Don's looking for it. Anytime there's a, a video clip of Biden having a complete sentence with words that are fully intelligible, I suspect an AI dupe, but I don't know. But, okay, uh, maybe it know. is, but
2: I'll tell you, I saw the clip mm-hmm. and I was on the campaign trail and they mm-hmm. showed it to me and they said, look at this, Jonathan, and I looked at it and I thought, oh my goodness. That, of course, you never know these days whether something is or is well, not AI, but it, it really seriously appears to be a... Yeah. Uh,
0: also, opposite. Jonathan, we have work to do, as you know, in, in educating uh, and bringing real information to the public, even the adults among us, right? Because we grew up and it was sort of transitioning from teaching about real history. As I said when we opened the show today, uh, how did they erase one form of medicine from the history in america right i grew up and i didn't know anything about homeopathic medicine it was you know the only physician that is honored with a memorial in washington dc at scott circle dr samuel Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy out of germany it's like wh- how did we miss that One for dr benjamin rush yeah. And well, I don't think it, there's a whole memorial to Rush, but Rush was a physician of his day that warned us if we didn't put medical freedom into the Constitution specifically, that one day medicine will organize into an undercover dictator. Yeah, I've got
2: some sad news on that quote, Robert. It isn't real.
0: It's probably not accurate. Exactly. Another one of those. Yeah, he
2: said other things which clearly indicate that he stands for individual liberty. Yeah. He he was would not, to... I mean, he certainly would, uh, if, he, if you read that to him today, he'd say, oh. I'd like to have that be my quote, exactly. but it it sadly isn't actually what he said. It
0: was prophetic in a sense that, but you go back and you can write it in. So what we got to do is be better about, you know, discerning what's real and what isn't. And it's become more difficult. But if you lead with principle, then you can discern right and wrong. You can discern what is actually of this country. What is integrity, Robert
2: integrity. You know, the founding fathers understood that, only if we maintained a virtuous public could we expect to maintain a republic. Mm-hmm. Because the if you, you know, as as Madison mentioned, the Constitution is merely a parchment barrier. In the end, it's actually parchment, right? It's actually written words on paper. Now it's the most extraordinary writing in the history of the world for government, for a, a manual for government. It's incredible because our rights are protected by it. But if those in government don't honor the Constitution, don't accept its limitations as applying to them and just do whatever they want. Well, of course, there is no Republic. And that's what we have today in Chuck Schumer and, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe Biden and in Tim Kaine. We have people who have utter contempt for the Constitution. While it's not perhaps uh, always appropriate to ascribe one's wife's public statements to one's husband, in the case of Tim Kaine, he his wife really is his alter ego and and vice versa. And so she was the former uh, head of the Department of Education, the Secretary of Education in Virginia. She brought critical race theory to Virginia, which has been an utter disaster of racism ruining our kids. Yeah, but she also said this recently when they tried to have the second learning standard from the governor adopted, by the, Depo- by the Board of Education, on which she still sits, unfortunately. And that second learning standard said that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence are remarkable documents in the history of freedom in the world. Now, is that objectionable? I mean, it's a basic statement of fact. She objected to it, and you know what she said? And I ascribe this to Tim Kane too, because he's never said my wife was utterly wrong. And that statement is, you know, horrible. They're both public figures. They complement one another. In fact, he's now up on ethics charges again mm-hmm. for having given special favors in a conflict of interest to George Mason University at her request. That's where she teaches, apparently, to improve her stand- standing at mm-hmm. the university. But anyway. This is what she said about our, our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. This is what she said. She said that both of them enshrine slavery and that they only benefit white property males. She said the Constitution and the Declaration are racist documents. All right. This is a person who had to swear an oath based on the Constitution to support it. And what did her husband say when they came up to Tim Kaine? Obfuscation. He's the artful dodger. He never takes responsibility. He didn't say, oh, my wife was wrong, you know, or, oh, I disagree with her. No, he didn't say that. He said, oh, she swore an oath to support the Constitution. She supports the Constitution. You misunderstand her. Well, no, we didn't misunderstand her, and neither did Suparna Dada who she caused to be removed from the board based on a charge that she is a white supremacist. This charge she made against a woman who is dark-skinned from India, who's fought her whole life for individual rights and fought against racism at one of the leading science and technology high schools in Virginia, Thomas Jefferson uh, High School for Science and Technology, when they tried to replace meritocracy there with race-based admissions. Mm -hmm. And they actually did replace it. And guess what? Get this, Robert. used to be that they called Asians minorities. Mm -hmm. Well, the Fairfax County School Board decided that Asians were too smart. And if you're smart, you've got to be benefiting because of white supremacy. Not because they work hard. yeah, because the whole system is racist. So if you ex- excel in a racist system, you must be benefiting from white supremacy. Therefore, they recategorized all agents in the Fairfax County public school system from being kid- considered minorities to now being called, get this,
0: white,
2: <laughs> white adjacent. adjacent yes, white adjacent. white adjacent.
0: You couldn't make that Robert. up. They did. Yeah.
2: It's so, so. So this woman they called a uh a a white supremacist, they called her a white supremacist because she falls into the category that they just created, which is called white
0: adjacent. This Asian heritage. Um yeah, we, we This shows
2: we, we, the absolute insanity of this whole race based thing. It is it is brutal inequality. It's gross, it violates right equal protection clause in spades under the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment and the component in the fifth amendment we are to be given equal justice under law we're not to be considered based on our race we are to be considered based on our actions and this is a foundational principle it didn't originate with martin luther king although he martin luther king jr although he popularized it it originated with the founding fathers and it originated in the fifth amendment And then it was transferred by interpretation from the fifth amendment to actual verbiage in the 14th amendment to the constitution, which was designed to give the newly liberated slaves the equal justice under law that was given to the same treatment, same treatment under law that was given to those who were not enslaved. Hmm. And by the way, as my book explains, It's not just in America that Blacks were enslaved. There were tens of thousands of whites who were enslaved as well. And it's BLM that has rewritten the history of the Jamestown colony and the New York Times project that rewrote the history of the Jamestown colony. In 1609, Robert, around Easter, when there were 20 Blacks who were indentured servants who came and performed slave-like tasks, at the Jamestown colony, before they arrived, months before, over 100 white indentured servants arrived performing the same tasks, Robert. And after that 20 black slaves arrived, which was a shipwreck, after that, there were another series of arrivals and they were almost all whites. So the point is, this idea that somehow racism arose in jamestown no they weren't racist they treated blacks and whites as slaves equally yeah. were, the institution of slavery is utterly repulsive and as indentured servants they were treated like slaves yes mm. indeed they were yeah and also you know what else about the thing so in, in, in among those 20 slaves was one who later became known as Anthony Johnson. He took on the name of his, this is fr- frequently done. He took on the name of his quote unquote owner. That is the one who had the indenture over him. Mm-hmm. And that person liberated him because he was so, such an outstanding worker for this guy that this guy had some humanity left and he granted him the opportunity to be free. So what did Anthony Johnson do? Anthony Johnson acquired over 200 acres of Virginia farmland and enslaved people himself. So you have a black person who enslaved others of color. Yeah. To work his property. Well, it, it, the slavery was ubiquitous. It was an evil. It was done by blacks and whites. In 1860, Robert, one of the largest slave owners in the United States was in, this is on the eve of the Civil War, was in Louisiana, his name was Antoine Duboucle. He was black and he married a white woman. Now you would think based on all the history we've been given, that that would have been, uh, he would have been strung up right then and there, right? Well, you know what? He was one of the most popular figures in Louisiana. He was accepted by the white slave owning population as a part of their social class. His wife was accepted, was not condemned. And Antoine Dubuclay, who had a large cotton plantation, enslaved upwards of 200 blacks himself. So you see, it is a complicated story. It is not strictly black and white. When, When the Emancipation Proclamation was issued by Abraham Lincoln, it refers to the liberation of slaves. And you know what? There were not only 4 million black slaves in America, but there were tens of thousands of white slaves that were liberated by the Emancipation Proclamation in those states that were then in rebellion. Remember, it didn't apply in the North. Mm -hmm. It didn't apply to states that were loyal to the United States. It only applied to states in the in a state of rebellion. It was a strategic move by Abraham Lincoln mm-hmm. to crush the institution of slavery in the South as part of the war effort to destroy the Confederacy. Now, having said that, I don't wish to tell you that Abraham Lincoln was an advocate of slavery. He was not, but he also understood the economic consequences that would befall people who were slave owners, and to the detriment of our society at large, unless there was a legal system in place for manumitting slaves. And so he was contemplating repatriation of slaves to Liberia and all these other things as possible resolutions. Mm -hmm. Now, why is that? It's not because he thought that the black population could not coexist with the white population. He thought that blacks in America might perpetually be captured and enslaved and forced into uh, an institution that he understood to be fundamentally evil. Remember, it was Lincoln who said, America can never remain half slave and half free. Of course, it was his election.
0: I want to break in here, Jonathan, because this is such a tough topic. And for people hearing this for the first time, it may be shocking. But to your point, the point is, it's all of these issues in history are complex, as you point out. They're no, no pun intended. They're not just black and white, and they've been made that way to divide us.
2: Well, this is another big one for people. Since we're on a true history today, Robert, give, give this a shot. They condemn Thomas Jefferson as a slave owner and say that Thomas Jefferson defended the institution of slavery. Well, you know what? all the founding fathers were against the institution of slavery. The question was, how do you end it? Whether they own slaves or not, all of them were opposed to slavery. Thomas Jefferson, who principally wrote the declaration of independence at the same time in the second paragraph, when he wrote all men are created equal, which meant all mankind, by the way, men, women, and regardless of race, He also wrote a 168 word paragraph of condemnation against George III in that same document, his same original draft, in which he blamed George III for bringing the horrible institution of slavery to America and in which he said that those who were enslaved deserve protection for their unalienable rights. In other words, he understood that slaves had equal rights that when it says, all men are created equal, it applied to slaves as well. So the revolution that was in the declaration is actually more profound in spades than most Americans realize. He wanted to end the institution of slavery in America. He put it into the Declaration of Independence. He, a slave owner, wanted it, even though it meant that if it was honored, he would be bankrupt. And in point of fact, it, it was Georgia and South Carolina that had rampant slavery that objected to that provision and wouldn't go forward with support for the revolution unless it was removed. And in his notes on Virginia, Jefferson explains this and that it would have been in the Consti- it would have been in the Declaration of Independence. had had not been. Not only that, the founders put into the Constitution a provision that within 20 years of the adoption in 1787 of the constitution, the international slave trade would end, would have to end by act of Congress and Congress passed the legislation to end it. It's just that domestically, the institution had grown so enormously by that 20 year uh, period that the end of the, the fugitive international slave trade in the United States did not end the institution of slavery. But be that as it may, slavery is utterly evil. We all agree on that. Find me an American who thinks uh, slavery is not evil and I'll I'll, I'll identify a person who is in such an extreme minority for you that it's almost infinitesimal because we all condemn slavery. We all condemn racism, except for those who advocate, the democrat party's current position in favor of this horrible critical race theory
0: yeah which is in itself racist so uh as we go back again understanding this history that many may be introduced to for the first time you got to dig deeper well below the surface whether it be issues of as we talk about medicine and health and healing and health freedom or this issue about the history of slavery All of these things we have been deceived about, people have erased and rewritten them for an agenda to keep us largely divided. And interestingly enough, I would say enslaved. When we talk about the rise of progressivism, which you wrote about in the book, when you go in and look at all of these institutions that don't belong here, according to the Constitution, they all seek to subjugate. Americans, white, black, red, yeah. yellow, doesn't matter. All of us equally enslaved to government, which is the antithesis, if you can call it, of the origin of America.
2: Well, another thing from history that people perhaps do not know is that in the 1830s, as the Confederacy was forming, as the ideas were forming that that the South would have to separate from the rest of the country, they had to come up with a defense of the institution of slavery. And they couldn't find it in the Declaration of Independence. And Thomas Jefferson was a Southerner. So what did they do? They condemned Thomas Jefferson, they condemned the Declaration of Independence, and they went to Europe to Friedrich Hegel, who is the teacher of Karl Marx, who created the concept of collectivism and drew from him because he defended slavery as a part of the communist dialectic, as a part of the evolution of society, Hegel had this outrageous theory that those who are enslaved benefit from slavery because they associate with a superior race. And the Confederacy adopted that as defense, replacing their previous allegiance to Jefferson and the Declaration. And that brought communism here. How so? Because even the fire eaters in the Confederacy referred to the institution of slavery as the beau ideal of communism. And that's because it's under their view provided cradle to grave protectionism for slaves. And guess what? That is the same thing the government argues about Today, the government tries to sell you on abandoning all your rights in COVID, on giving up all your property rights to the state under some whack off,
0: nothing and natural. Be happy, remember
2: a natural asset yeah. company idea, but which, by the way, New York Stock Exchange withdrew that proposal, Robert, under a yeah. massive avalanche. Thank the Lord, yeah, a massive avalanche of opposition. This whole communism then is slavery. So what we're talking about is the same as the slave institution that was in the Confederacy, and we're talking about it being applied by government today against all of us. If they get their way, if Schumer and Biden
0: and will be James slaves
2: to the get state. Their way, we yeah. will be slaves to a totalitarian state.
0: Yeah, it's which, the same battle. Just look at what the globalists say. the The World Economic Forum folks, the folks that meet in Davos. There were a couple of pushbacks that were interesting. I don't know if you've seen the Argentinian president present against socialism. That was a yeah. shocker. That was an absolute shocker, Uh, but it was good to give them a taste of medicine. I think they pushed too hard, too fast, and people are pushing back, but uh, we've got to continue that, whether it be at the federal level, the state level, the localist of local levels, to recognize this history so we don't condemn ourselves to repeat it, or worse. Now, I want to talk to you about the border issue in Texas, because the Supreme Court just had a ruling. And You know, even some former Democrats like Bobby Kennedy running as an independent for president are saying Texas is right, that Biden's failure to protect the border leaves states but no choice to take matters into their own hands. What did the Supreme Court rule? What did they not rule? Because I think there's a lot of confusion about what's going on there uh, regarding state 10th Amendment versus the federal government supremacy.
3: Well, first of all,
2: let me say I agree with the dissent in this uh, very short opinion, and that is that the Fifth Circuit's decision to enjoin the federal government from acting against Abbott's uh, barrier wall in in the Rio Grande was the right decision. It is the correct decision. Why? Because in, under Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, that's called the State Self-Defense Clause, the state of Texas, when invaded, has absolute power, war power even, to arrest, detain, and eject illegal aliens, as does every other state that's invaded. And so Texas appropriately is using its power to defend its people by blocking entry and using a reasonable means. Now, the argument is over whether the Rio Grande is under federal jurisdiction, state jurisdiction. In the end, that doesn't matter because Article 1, Section 10 affords Texas, which has jurisdiction where it placed these, to defend its territory from invasion. And the federal government has utterly abdicated its role of enforcing its own federal law against this and has forced Texas to assume the mantle of full defense because there's no other defense possible. So the Supreme Court should have upheld the Fifth Circuit um, injunction against the Biden administration acting against Abbott. Having said that, This is not a full opinion, and we have not received the opinion of the court and know what their reasoning is, and it is focused solely on the question of this injunction. And so there there is a standard for injunction, which asks whether the uh, uh, injury is imminent uh, that is being suffered, whether or not the balance of the equities favors uh, the party that is seeking the injunction over the party that against it and whether or not the general public interest favors the action of an injunction. So the the question and they did not articulate their response to that. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what element or elements were construed by a majority to justify no injunction during the pendency of the appeal, but we have yet to receive their full opinion. Now again having said that, I would have been with the with the dissent. Yeah. Included Justice Thomas and Justice Kavanaugh,
0: and there are a number of states that are are basically saying we're with Texas here, and I yeah. think does this does this fall under the concept of state nullification?
2: Yeah, we're getting close to the um, the statement made to Justice Taney by Abraham Lincoln: "You have your order, go ahead and enforce it." In other words, it, uh, Abraham Lincoln would not enforce the Dred Scott decision, um, and so. Uh, yeah, the court can get it wrong in a profound way and can provoke a crisis between the federal government and the state government. In that circumstance, there's going to be action taken. Mm -hmm. And if, uh, as this open mic comment, which maybe we'll get it or maybe not, is is to be borne out, I mean, who in the United States Air Force is going to board at F-16 and take action against the people of the United States at the Texas border because... They're only defending their rights. The reality is Abbott has the upper hand. He ought to ensure that he does defend the border, and that must happen. And if the court gets it wrong under Article 1, Section 10, then unfortunately it gets it it wrong. But it will provoke necessarily a constitutional crisis where the federal government will be aiming at the state of Texas and the state of Texas Will be defending against the federal government as it
0: insists
2: mm-hmm. on Article One, Section Ten.
0: Yeah, a- along with other states that have already uh, voiced their support for Texas, recognizing the over. I, I believe
2: that you may see in the ultimate decision a shift in position because I don't know what uh, um, Comey, Barrett, and uh, and I forget who else uh, was in the in the majority who I was uh, surprised about. But i would be i would be shocked if their analysis is what we what others are saying that is mm-hmm. that they do not have any respect for article 1 section 10 that would be alien to what barrett right. has historically done i think it's more of a narrow decision on her part about mm-hmm. the use of an injunction pending appeal in this circumstance i would disagree with her position um regardless of what it is simply because i do believe that it meets all the elements of an injunction i do think that the fifth circuit got it right and i do think that they, that uh, without question texas has the constitutional power to defend its own state against invasion
0: yeah they i believe they have the constitutional high ground here as the state or or republic of texas now i in the few minutes we have left jonathan i want to hit this issue of what i would consider or construed to be a, a legal fiction. Now, I don't know if that's right, because I'm not an attorney, but uh, there's a, a, a push on by the uh, U.S. Department of Justice and has been for a while to, to prosecute Americans who apparently forged COVID-19 vaccine certificates or status, right? They just said, yeah, I got it. Now, uh, look, I wish more Americans would have just said, no, I'm not complying. I'm not cooperating. I, I, I have sympathies for those that did this because they were being forced into an untenable position to lose their job or else subject themselves to a potentially deadly injection. Uh, So again, I have sympathy there at the same time. I don't believe that the federal government has, the constitutional high ground here either, because they've 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 thrown a mandate out that wasn't really a mandate and got corporations to participate, whether it be governmental and sometimes private corporations with more than 100 employees. And eventually that was overturned. Uh, So it's a very unusual circumstance here that the people trying to figure out a way to maintain some functional ability to travel or or work had to do something that might be construed to be illegal. But the first illegality was the federal government and what it did. And and yet they're still trying to prosecute these people, not taking responsibility for the crime they committed as a government or people in government to force people to become medical experiments.
2: You talk about another J6 type of political prisoner activity. Yeah, this is it. In the first instance, the federal government was wrong to coerce and cajole people and even state authorities to go after Americans for failing to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. A lot of people's livelihood was at stake. They could not feed their families. These are instances of necessity under the common law in instances of necessity, you can actually break the law. So for example, the classic common law example in law school is someone's boat is sinking and You, the people get off the boat, perhaps on a dinghy or swim to a shore, and that shore is private property, and they trespass. All right, they trespass to save their lives, and under the law of necessity, they may do so. In these instances, people of necessity frequently did this in order for them to travel, as you point out, in order for them to stay in a hotel, in order for them to go to one place or another in order for them to be employed. Yeah. If they want to go down this rabbit hole, I would say in the first instance to each of these political figures, take a very close look in the mirror. Have you ever jaywalked? Have you ever sped on a highway? Have you ever in any instance trespassed even unwittingly on federal property Have you ever done anything including throw uh, uh, trash on the ground even as a juvenile litter? Have you ever done anything like this at all? Well then, in the face of necessity, you will go after your fellow American citizens. I don't care what your viewpoint is. If they do this, they will blow up J6 like they have never seen. Leave Americans alone. You opposed wrongly a requirement that they be vaccinated. You wrongly compelled them to be masked. You denied them their civil liberties. The greatest crime of all is what you did to our Constitution and our people's freedom. So if they go down this rabbit hole, the courts, everybody should respond strongly that no. If an individual had a card first, first of all, let me tell you this. Mm -hmm. There's no criminality to possess a card or whatever it was in the first instance, you can possess any card. A lot of people have fake ID cards. (laughs) That's not illegal. So you have to show that they use the card to defraud someone. Okay. If they use the card to defraud someone, what then, what is the consequence? Did anyone actually get sick when they went in with a fraudulent card? Was there no consequence? So when you jaywalk, or let's say this, you are trespassing in a public park at night and no one is there. You get in your car and you go, not an animal, not a squirrel, not even Robert Scott Bell. No one is there. Is that an actionable offense? Mm -hmm. Guess what? According to this administration, it might be. But remember the words of Abraham Lincoln, and even in an instance where people took action that went against us because they were a part of a foreign nation, the Confederacy, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right. Law must be justly applied. And so in this instance, justice demands that those who had these cards, whatever they were, and those who lied in order to keep their families fed, in order to keep their employment, not be punished because some old man with very little chemical electronic activity, not uh, sufficient to equal that of a potted plant, decided to describe us all as deplorable who did not get vaccinated and wanted to abuse the power of his office to coerce and cajole every American to get a jab that would be against their, their interests, but not only that against their fundamental right of personal autonomy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the wrong, there is a wrong under all this and it's what they forced us to do. Yeah, It is I, not because people pre- presented with coercion and cajolery defended their own interests by doing something as simple as the stupid scheme with the, the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I certainly hope they don't go down that path. And if they do, uh, there are many of us who will rise up and fight. Yeah,
0: Yeah, apparently the Justice Department is attempting to uh, prosecute Americans who used uh, what they call the phony vaccine cards. But to your credit, again, Jonathan. Uh, recognizing the law as you do it's much deeper than statutory uh requirements that have no real force of constitutional law and recognizing that under the common law it has a crime been committed when you are forced in order to maintain an ability to feed your family to you know to do something again otherwise it could have resulted in your death and i know many people that rather than doing a, a fake vaccine card took the vaccine and some are now dead because right.
2: of it. i mean here you you give uh, someone a a really gruesome uh dilemma you give them a dilemma that is gruesome where they can either overtly take the vaccine and suffer the consequences or they can stand boldly and say i won't lose their job or lose their ability to travel when travel is a necessity so don't give me this ridiculousness of we we have to rise up against this this biden administration imagine another four years of this we don't get trump in there i mean can you imagine another four years of this Donald Trump will shut down all of this junk. He is absolutely opposed to this coercion and cajolery, and when it comes to uh, our rights as citizens, he's not going to have this overbearing federal government. And those of us like me, I'll be introducing legislation, bill after bill. You know, some in my in my uh, uh, race are saying no new federal laws are required. Hmm. Are you Kidding me? They've mis- They've misinterpreted existing federal law and created this whole precedent, which is disastrous. We have got to repeal things that requires law well, right. get in there, rip exactly. the roots out, yeah. and get all of this horrible constriction yeah. of liberty out of government. And mm-hmm. that requires action. We got to get in there and introduce legislation, yes, and a lot of it, to restore mm-hmm. the republic because it is so badly maligned by interpretation of law and by all the laws they pass. I mean, look, they passed this, this. Uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is three quarters climate change expending with mm-hmm. over a trillion dollars in excess of our budget annually being spent on this absurd Trojan horse for communism called climate change mm-hmm. with no, with their admission at the outset from the climate czar, John Kerry, who's a czar of nothing. But, uh, you know, he's he is a czar, actually. He's a, yeah. But... The reality is that substantively he doesn't have any answers. And the reason is he doesn't have a, a playbook that's real. He's mm-hmm. got a fiction. He's, this is, these are fractured fairy tales for uh, the modern liberal, the whole climate change agenda. But mm-hmm. the reality is that they're destroying our economy and we've got to repeal all of that. Well, to do that requires affirmative uh,
0: legislation. Also, Jonathan, you've talked about legislation you would submit, uh, including that would stop basically the oligarchy, the FDA, the FTC, name the agency from making law in violation of Article one, section one. When we talk about vesting the powers in certain entities in government, Congress has power to write law, not unconstitutional agencies that shouldn't even exist. So Jonathan, we're wrapping up another uh, exciting edition of the Robert Scabbell Show, Sacred Fire of Liberty, with you. And we went into some real history today, Some for some uncomfortable, but I think we must be able to look in the mirror and recognize where we have not risen to the high ideals and where we have and where we'd like to return. And that's a big part of what we do. So everybody check out emord4va.com. Get in there. If you're in Virginia, help get those signatures and get Jonathan on the ballot. And we'll we'll help to make him the next U.S. Senator from Virginia to replace Tim Kaine, who doesn't belong there anymore. Thank you, Jonathan.
2: All right. Bye, Robert. All right.
0: Remember, the Health Freedom Expo is coming up, the virtual one, February 17th and 18th. I'll be there. Jonathan will be there, another Health Freedom panel and more. And you guys can get on it virtually and have three months access to all of it and more. We got that, some announcements coming up, some thank yous coming up. Also, a couple of doctors, uh, Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton and Dr. Shebra Jamil. uh, We're talking about reclaimingmed.org. Is there a way to reclaim it? We're going to find out next hour on the Robert Scabbell Show, where the power to heal is still yours. All right, back at it. Hour two commences now at robertscottbell dot com slash listen. If you're watching live on the the, the our website, you can actually uh, participate in a live chat room right on our website or on the various social media platforms where we're not banned at least currently. And uh, you're welcome anywhere you are. If you want to say hi, let us know where you're listening in or watching from or later in the podcast form. Appreciate you being here two hours a day, five days a week live, additional hour on Sundays with our Sunday conversations. Um, We have a number of upcoming events I want to remind you of, or if you haven't heard of them yet for the first time, you need to be introduced to them. There's some really cool events coming up, including a free five-day plant-based challenge. uh, We covered the other day on the air, plant-based beginners bootcamp. Starting January 29th, going for five days, and you guys can participate for free. Those of you who want to go a little bit more plant-based and are a little intimidated, not sure how to do it, you can get a lot of help there. And uh, this is free. And it starts on January 29th, my mom's 90th birthday, where we're going to celebrate this weekend in Atlanta. Then we have the upcoming Autism Health Summit, February 2nd and 3rd, Groundhog Day to begin. Dr. Andy Wakefield, Dell Bigtree, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Brian Hooker, and more. It's going to be a great reunion for some of us, but I hope to see you there. Autism Health Summit. And there's also an online streaming ability if you can't make it to San Antonio to be with us. Then, as I mentioned at the end of last hour, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. It's back, the virtual version. Even if you were with me in, you know outside of Chicago for that event in October, you couldn't see everything. There were simultaneous things. Now you have access to everything that happened for three months, including some new things. We're going to be submitting some live as well. And that is through the Whova app online at your leisure starting February 17th and 18th. That's the weekend. And then you'll have three months after that as well. Also then the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo, doctors Terry and Stu Warner putting that on 8th, 9th, and 10th of March in Atlanta. And then we have another Atlanta event right after 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 that, in Lake Lanier Islands, outside of Atlanta, Buford, Georgia, the third annual Next Steps Conference, thanks to my friend Tia Severino. And it was a blast the last two. And the last one we were at Lake Lanier Islands Resort. Wonderful time. You guys got to join us there. March 14th through 17th. That's coming up. Now we have the Be Healthy Utah event in Wellness uh, Conference, Sandy, Utah, two day event. That's the 19th and 20th of April. And then following that, we have the RSB Family, RSB Show Family reunion at Leslie's Homestead in, uh, where is it, Joplin, Missouri, June 14th, 15th, and 16th, and that's simultaneous as well to the Red Pill Expo, which will be in, I believe, is it Sioux Falls or Rapid City, South Dakota? One of those. Anyway, we'll have that up there as well as another option, and I, I'm going to be going back to uh, uh, Jim Baker Ministries invited me back. I was on there, uh, I don't know, some months back, and I'm going to be going out, I think, on February, is it the 14th? Something like that, 13th or 14th. They do taping. It's in the morning. So if you're near Branson, Missouri, I'll get you that information. I believe tickets are free to attend the live taping as well. I don't know when it'll air. But that's another little side event if you're in the area. I'm hoping to see Leslie and and Sherry Neal and others of our, our family who joined us yesterday on the Zoom AMA. We do that once a month for our Patreon supporters. You know who you are. Thank you for being part of it. We have some nice responses to the participation. Some that are new and said, I've never seen anything like it. We're learning a lot, others that have been with it. And every time you learn something new, you get to ask questions that I can't answer even on the air. It's just too hot, too hot to do. But we get to do that once a month on the Zoom AMA. So uh, I appreciate everybody joining in on that. Uh, Real quick, real big thanks to uh, Bobri Orin and the Folium products. This is the stuff that was developed by, uh, you talk about necessity, Chernobyl. In the 1980s, remember when that happened, those of you old enough? Disaster of epic radiation proportions. And that former Soviet Union says, we gotta figure out a way or everybody's gonna die. And they developed a botanical blend based on the pine tree and other botanicals, a full-on botanical remedy that is utilized to bind ionizing radiation, heavy metals, and get them out of your body. And this, more than anything else, helped my mom over a year ago when she was fading to get back on the dance floor. On New Year's and on her birthday, 89th, and she's heading to her 90th. So go to foliumpx.com, the Folium Original, the Folium Immuno, the Folium Relax. And if you need to break through that ceiling in your healing, look at this botanical blend. It's doing extraordinary things and validated heavily with science, even peer-reviewed articles. This is an incredible formula. I've seen clinically things that are just stunning. So if if it can help my mom at 90, what can it do for you? Yeah. And also shout out to Nutritional Frontiers, our friends there. They're doing extraordinary work. One of my favorite products I keep telling you about, the DMG dimethylglycine. I was introduced to this by Dr. Judy Mikovits, one of the smartest scientists, doctors you'll ever meet. And she said, you know, we got to counteract the glyphosate, which is everywhere. I'm all organic, but I don't know if I'm being exposed to it. And that stuff punches holes in your guts. That's horrible things. And the uh, DMG is wonderful. They have a, a lozenge and they have a liquid form and a whole lot of other things. And if you want to put on lean muscle mass, their super creatine is bar none the best ever. And I've been doing that, and it's been incredible. And you can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com, enter the code RSB15, RSB15, and you'll get 15% off, including those sale items. Now, this hour, we're going to talk about uh, reclaimingmed.org with a couple of docs, Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton and Dr. Shibra Jamil. And I'm looking forward to hearing their story, what they're intending to do, and if we can help. Because this show fundamentally is about health freedom. Some might hyphenate medical freedom. I believe that health freedom is a broader term. It encompasses all healing modalities. I mentioned last hour with Jonathan Emord you know, how is it possible that they erased one form of medicine from the history of America to where I can grow up as an American and not know about it until I was 24 years of age? Homeopathy. I went to Emory University. And in medical school there, they taught it on the medical school curricula up until 1949, 39 years after the Flexner Report in 1910 said, do not fund any medical school that teaches homeopathy, naturopathy, chiropractic, eclectic herbalism, anything like that. We want no competition except for petrochemical patent medicines. As if the only way to get people well is to poison them back to health. And that's the lead story in this hour before we go to the docs, How big pharma sold depression to the world? This is in The Defender. Uh, Dr. Mercola put this out originally. And he says, as the criteria for depression has been loosened and the medications have been aggressively marketed to more and more people, the use of antidepressants and the stronger drugs they feed into in just a few decades has gone from a tiny minority of the population to almost one in four Americans. This is the efficiency of marketing. Marketing is black magic by another name. It's sorcery. And there is no test to determine that you are in desperate or even mild need of a selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drug. There is no blood test. There is no saliva test. There's no urine test. There's no stool test. There is no test that definitively says you have named the psychiatric disorder in the DSM, 5, 6, or 7. I don't care which one you want. They're Bible. It's wrong. It's criminal. And there is no SSRI drug deficiency. And yet they have medicalized almost any emotion that is a normal part of being a human being from childhood forward to the point where a quarter of the people are on these antidepressants and or antipsychotic drugs. Look, I'm I'm not saying there aren't people who are depressed or anxious or frustrated or angry. But are those things evidence of drug deficiencies or are those evidence that we don't communicate well with one another, much less our own bodies and our own cells? Could this be exacerbated or made worse by additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, heavy metals, genetic engineering, destroying the home for the microbiome, the place where neurotransmitters are born, (laughs) and our endocrine compounds, all of that depending on the health of the home for the microbiome and the microbiome itself. And fluoride, fluoxetine, a fluoride-based drug like SSRIs, fluoride destroys the microflora, as do, of course, antibiotics. Are there ways to address infection without resorting to nuclear options? Yeah. And had we utilized those, whether they be homeopathic, herbal, or otherwise, we would have antibiotics available in the most dire of circumstances, and they might work even. And right now we're surrounded by and enveloped by resistance because life has a way. It's like a Michael Crichton novel, nature always finds a way. You try to attack and kill the microbiome; it says pff, it expresses new DNA to eat the antibiotic that used to kill it. And then they have antibiotic-resistant bacteria; they call superbugs. They're not super; they're still vulnerable to bioactive forms of silver. Isn't that amazing? We can still address antibiotic resistance. In fact, the medical literature is is, is replete with. Well, let's see. What do they have? Oh, yeah. The antibiotics that don't work, they engineer silver nanoparticles into it, and then they work again. Who thinks to go, hmm, the antibiotics don't work. We add silver, they work. It's not the antibiotic. <laughs> it's the silver. And silver downregulates tissue inflammation and upregulates he- healthy new tissue. So you actually have a better home for the microbiome if you have to address an, a microbial explosion. There are so many ways to address things without resorting to nuclear options. You want to have them available in the case they're needed, but not everywhere else. That would be what I call responsible medicine. Is it? Does it exist anymore? Can it exist? I think if all doctors were allowed to communicate with all doctors, you have this genuine, well, not only insight, but des- desire to help people, to heal people. Not to poison them. But if that's all you're taught and anybody that strays outside of it and we found out that doctors are subject to being attacked as well, Because they promoted things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and vitamins and minerals and things like that. Imagine that. How dare they? They strayed outside of the electrified fence of the Flexner Report, and look what happened. Why not freedom for all healers? Homeopaths, herbalists, naturopaths, Ayurvedic specialists, medical doctors, DOs, all of it. Can we survive in freedom? Yeah, we can thrive in freedom. The monopoly of medicine has created the disaster where it's the third leading cause of death, according to peer-reviewed medical literature, maybe the second or first, because what they do causes often the cancer and heart disease. Can we do better? I believe we can. And I think my two guests probably believe so as well. We're gonna find out, Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton, Dr. Shebra Jamil, reclaimingmed.org. Welcome to the Robert Scat Bell Show. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. Welcome you both. I don't know who wants to talk first, but we're gonna give it a go. You guys know each other, so welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hi, thank you for having us. Oh, it's wonderful to have you, Dr. Jamil, and Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton. Where are you guys joining us from today?
4: Massachusetts.
3: I'm out in
0: New York, New York and Massachusetts. All right. We got the Northeast covered. So uh, bring to my and our attention, my, my audience's attention. What is this uh, agenda that you have called ReclaimingMed.org? And does it fit into a larger perspective of freedom or does it engage in more tyranny and monopoly medicine?
3: Um, so I'll, I'll start since I'm leading the organization currently, and then I'll let Dr. Sutton tell her story because I think it's a story everyone should hear and know about as to what's going on in medicine right now. And again, I really appreciate this opportunity for us to voice what we're doing. And, um, you know, I'm firmly rooted in the allopathic world. (laughs) That's where I'm grounded. Um, So it's interesting to hear your perspective. Um, COVID has been eye awakening for many physicians, but many of them are still sort of Um, Not there yet, but I feel like um, they're beginning to ask questions as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So Reclaiming Medicine um, grew out of um, a number of physicians in California being targeted by their medical boards for practicing what we thought was real medicine. You know, a patient comes into your Mm -hmm. office, you assess the patient, and then you do what's best for your patient. And in doing that, the medical board and the government decided that they were being criminal. And they came after our doctors and basically either um, took away their licenses or um, sort of shackled them. You know, like you had two choices, you could fight and lose your license or you could agree to their settlements, which um, prevented them from advising their patients, whether it was for exemptions, for vaccines. And so these doctors came together in an effort to fight back. And that's what we're doing. And then we grew from there, um, re- recognizing the need that our patients also need to know the truth of the medical field and where it's at right now. So from my perspective, and I, like I said, I'm grounded firmly in the allopathic world, um, mm-hmm. medicine has been chronically ailing over the years, maybe starting in 1940 when they got rid of home- <sighs> homeopathy. And then COVID was like the acute insult that like put it on life support. Um, And here we are now really struggling, really struggling, because on one end, um, people are totally committed to trusting compromised agencies and following their guidance without questioning it. And then on the other extreme, we're giving birth to like complete mistrust, which I think will lead to harm. Because if you don't know who to trust and you don't know Mm -hmm. what the truth is, you're going to make really bad decisions regarding your health. And um, our purpose now has expanded to sort of dealing with this issue of trust, truth, and good information, good knowledge, and giving people access to that. So that's- Dr. The, Jamil, I mean, it, does. This,
0: this is the thing about COVID, which had exposed a deep, dark underbelly that um, natural doctors, integrative doctors, have known about the restrictions on freedom to innovate, to, to respond to patient needs. And, and in fact, you know, they're, they're scratching their heads, these authoritarians in, in government going, I don't know why they don't trust us. What can we do better? I say, mm-hmm. how about telling the truth? Right. How about listening to people, listening to doctors, listening to patients and then engaging in real health care instead of a tyrannical top down? You do as I say, don't question it, doctor, even though you're qualified to do so, we're not going to let you.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to you in the beginning where you were saying like uh, a really good way of practicing medicine would be for all the physicians and all, not just physicians, like all practitioners to come together and have conversations about you know what's working and what's not yeah. and in reality medicine does start on the anecdotal le- level like mm-hmm. what happens when a patient comes to your office and you see them and and it was so interesting during covid that that didn't happen at all we weren't allowed to talk to each other we right. were just given orders like literally <sighs> given marching orders and so i remember in the old days we would have grand rounds we would have m&m mm-hmm. if there was something new or something mm-hmm. novel that we didn't understand all the doctors would get together the residents would be there whoever was involved in the care care team of the patient, and we would just have open conversations about what's working, what is it. It didn't happen during COVID. So if that wasn't a red Mm -hmm. flag for people, then that's a little weird too. (laughs) Like why didn't the medical community say, oh, why aren't we allowed to discuss this? You know, and there was a lot of really strange
4: things going on. Dr. (laughs) Mary Kelly
0: Sutton, you became a doctor because you wanted to be a robot and be told what to do by people Mm -hmm. that don't know how to do medicine, right?
4: Never thought of it that way.
0: I mean, it's not weird when you think you step back and you go, wait a second, who's the doctor here? And they're telling the bureaucrats are telling you what you can and can't do.
4: Yeah. yeah. Medicine has always had a wonderful camaraderie and it was a beautiful experience to work in a hospital where people really work together for the sake of the patient. And it seemed like different from law, which was more adversarial, but now it's got divisions inside of medicine as well, unfortunately.
0: Well, yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, that's so why I bring this up for both of you. As a homeopath, I'm not anti doctor. I love, I, my best friends are in the medical community because we're engaged mm-hmm. with the spirit of what we went into it for to help people. That's right. Not to that's dominate right. them and, you know, or to just take orders from bureaucrats that couldn't heal themselves out of a wet paper sack. I mean, they, this is not what the spirit right. of, you know, going in. And remember, medicine isn't just a science, it's an art. It's the ability Mm -hmm. to be present and respond. And, you know, what became more obvious to most, including even those in the medical profession, is that the system itself became broken when it became bureaucratized, Mm -hmm. when freedom to innovate was lost. And I think monopolies are always places where innovation goes to die and prices always go to rise where is our embracing of freedom and innovation and that's where i see the physicians that are friends of mine all are in favor of what we're talking about to share information not isolate and dominate
3: so i think maybe you would want to hear dr sutton's story and then we can get into other conversations um you know we are working very hard on bringing the, the the patient physician relationship back to its um real um where it belongs Meaning no intermediaries, no third yes. party cares, no government telling us what to do, you know. And sometimes that requires a little bit of sacrifice. Maybe you have to make some out of you know, out of picket. Pocket payments, get rid of insurance. No, Hmm. nobody wants to think along those lines. But a lot of what you're talking about with the monopolization, the corporatization, and the for-profit model comes through these third-party systems um, interfering in our practice. But I think Dr. Sutton's story is one that everybody should hear, and it's oh, um, I'm I'm anxious
0: to hear it. By the way, the website that's linked up today, if you guys want to learn more about what they're doing, is called Reclaiming Med. .org. And, you know, we won't be able to go into everything in the time we have together. But my goodness, I want to hear at least the base stories of what what motivates you, what's driving you to do this. And I think uh, overall, this is going to be better for those that go into the physician field. But the patients, you know, that's really the bottom line. Do you go in to help them or you go right. in to just, you know, put treat them as new numbers, right? And and I don't feel like that's the heart of healing.
4: Well, medicine is really different than when I started Because in the beginning, it was really a profession. And the individual doctor worked for the individual patient and had freedom to make judgments on behalf of that patient. But over time, medicine became first a business and then an industry. And part of what's happened is the medical boards used to say their mission was to protect patients. But now they say it's to protect consumers. So just that change in vocabulary has tried to shift medicine from a professional relationship to a retail relationship. And we're not retailers. We're really different. There is no relationship in the world that has more vulnerability uh, than that of a doctor patient relationship. It's not that vulnerable in education or in uh, any retail exchange. Nothing at all. But it's not respected anymore, and it's been hijacked and taken Mm -hmm. down a business route.
0: Yeah. It used to be considered a sacred relationship. Yes. It was was a spiritual thing. And I think part of where medicine went wrong, you know, I mentioned the Flexner Report of 1910, but when it lost the connection to spirit, you know, we know body, mind, and spirit, it became about reductionism manipulating chemistry. Really? That's it. That's life. And it's just so overly simplistic to the point of absurdity where people are leaving. They're going, I can't talk to my doctor about this stuff. They're not trained in what people are going outside of the realm. And now many doctors are, are going outside of their medical school training to learn the things they didn't learn in medical school. And that's a good thing because we all want to be able to meet the needs of those who are saying, Hey, this stuff ain't working
4: anymore. Well, the medical boards have police power now, and the doctors are suffering, and so are patients as a result of that. So when I was working in California, it began its succession of laws to take away parents' rights regarding children's vaccinations. And I was part of Physicians for Informed Consent, which was a group of doctors that read the law when it came that said only medical exemptions could be given. And according to the law, we wrote exemptions. But I had three complaints given against me that was not from patients. Two were Department of Public Health officials and one was a school nurse. So I ultimately lost my license in California without any patient harms, without any patient complaints. Mm -hmm. And then Massachusetts and New York both copied California and revoked those two medical licenses also. And in New York, I had not used the license ever. I had gotten the license in 1982 when I was considering moving there to take a job. I ultimately did not take that job. So I never saw a patient in New York, didn't have the chance to hurt anybody, but the board voted unanimously to remove my license Mm -hmm. to prevent the risk of damage that I might do to the public of New York. So somehow New York... Felt it was more important to spend the time of all those lawyers and board members. To mm-hmm. I was a bigger threat than mm-hmm. all the crimes that could have possibly happened in New York.
0: If this isn't uh, uh, you know a telltale story for all physicians, and I'm now talking to doctors everywhere, that the licensure concept is a failed concept. It mm-hmm. protects an economic monopoly. It doesn't protect the patients. It doesn't protect the good doctors. In fact, it often doesn't go after the bad doctors. I remember some years ago, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did a, an entire uh, series of articles on how licensure was being utilized inappropriately to attack doctors that had done nothing wrong, yet those that had done wrong, right, mm-hmm. and, like taking advantage of patients, sexual abuse cases, were not being delicensed. It's like, What is going on here? And I argue, you see my shirt for freedom, and it doesn't mean that you open it up for anybody to claim to be a doctor that isn't, but board certification. There are other ways to establish credentials and validity to what you do. Licensure is not one of them. That's a business thing. That's a a lockout of competition. And if you're really good as a doctor, you welcome competition. You know, I bring it on. I know what I'm doing. And you'll rise to the top. Mm-hmm. But I think the licensure, and not just in medicine, often protects right. the, the worst among us. Uh, so I, I'm just throwing that out. There's another concept that we might we might need to grow out of.
4: Right. There's issues in the legal system as well, <clears throat> because the concept of reciprocal discipline is what allowed the two subsequent states after California to revoke my license without examining the issue. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I had followed the standard of care that was in writing and that my expert witness was more qualified than the state's expert witness <clears throat> it, and had a corrupt hearing was never considered. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with reciprocal discipline, it, you might save some money if there has been a real crime like insurance fraud or sexual misconduct. Abuse, yeah. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: But if there's a mistake, then you multiply the mistake. And you multiply the injustice.
0: Yeah. Has there been some, uh, let's say, consideration of of these topics to maybe push more for doctors to establish private um, membership associations where they can have private license being granted, as opposed to this idea of being in the public domain where a bunch of oaf bureaucrats are destroying the integrity of what's left to medicine?
3: so the way the system currently stands it's very difficult to practice in in the sense like now kelly who was valued by many patients she took care of thousands of um you know she's an internist so she had a very big practice her patients love her um when they took her licenses away it really handcuffs her she's not able to prescribe she's not able to get tests she's not even able Mm -hmm. to present herself as a qualified physician anymore And even though, you know, uh, Kelly practices a a very um, integrative, she has a very integrative approach. um, And when she's resorting to using um, pharmaceutical, it's done with a lot of caution. But we all know that at some point, maybe that is necessary, Mm -hmm. um, that she wouldn't have that access to that tool in her toolbox. And then that limits what she can do for her patients. So we haven't created the system where we can work outside of that licensure and be able to manage Mm -hmm. our patients. Um, and mm-hmm. I think uh, that should be a long-term goal. But in the short mm-hmm. term, we have to get these um, governing bodies to stop behaving in criminal in a criminal fashion because what they're doing is outside of the law. Mm-hmm. So um, the second part to Dr. Sutton's story was that the way the California government targeted her was a witch hunt. Yes. Um, so the access that they got to her was through children who had legitimate exemptions, but the California Public Health Agency had training for their school nurses and they trained the school nurses to go into the students' records and and find all the doctors who were writing exemptions. Now, if you know anything about medicine, that is severe violation of privacy laws and, mm-hmm. and the protected and privileged patient-physician relationship. So in order to target Kelly for doing something they didn't agree with, They did illegal things, but because it's government, it's very hard to get the justice, yes. (laughs) Um, And so that's where we're at, you know. Um, and like Kelly said, and I can watch for that. And we have patients in the organ, you know, we have met her patients. Um, they're more feeling the pain of her losing her license than she is. She, you know, she's a grandma, she can retire, she's done her (laughs) duty to the field of medicine, so yeah.
0: Well, I've argued, maybe radically for freedom, again, that we should have a separation of medicine and state. Medicine has become more like a religion than, again, a science and an art where the doctor-patient relationship is honored to be sacred. And through licensure, it's destroyed it, and insurance has destroyed it. By intervening, third party, whether it be government, semi-private, private, private, third party then dictates to the doctor what will be covered or not. And the doctor goes, wait a second, this patient needs this, and they go, nope, sorry, ain't gonna cover it. In the meantime, we've program the American people to not have true cost relationship Mm -hmm. to what it takes to get care. Now, that would be much reduced if the third parties were removed because much of that is used to pay for that third party. And you find that many doctors are setting up more concierge or contract practices are making it very affordable for people without insurance to pay per use or become part of a membership to be able to have a reasonable way to interact and get the help that they need. I think there's so much innovation happening despite all the obstacles to it that, you know, you guys, I think are on the right track. And I hope you connect with a lot of other good, good folks that are Mm -hmm. out there attempting to do similar things.
4: Robert, I think we have to remove the financial incentives for medicine as well, because right now the uh, doctor who gives pediatric vaccines gets an extra $400 for a two-year-old who's on the CDC schedule, as long as most of the rest of the practice is vaccinated. And the COVID shot, if 75% of your practice is vaccinated for one COVID shot, the doctor gets an extra $175. That should not be a part of medicine.
0: No, that's what we call a conflict of interest. And yeah. you know, when you have like peer-reviewed medical literature, they cause, they say, Do you have any conflicts of interest? You have to reveal that. Yeah. And yet, how many? Patients. How many parents brought their kids to pediatricians knew that those doctors had that interest in getting them, despite contraindications there are many. And then, as you acknowledged it, Doc, you found that you were attacked because you acknowledged it and cared for your patients that shouldn't have received these things because of vulnerability. And then they took away your license again. How how wrong is everything about this system? As I said, I would argue for freedom. If we had, like, are you guys familiar with AAPS online? Yes. Of the Association for American Physicians and Surgeons. This is a wonderful group that doesn't take pharmaceutical money. And they yeah. are a great group of physicians. I mm-hmm. have followed their journal for years, and I wondered, how is it possible that they can allow for things in their journal that no other journal has? And when I talked to, at the time, Dr. Huntoon, who was their uh, editor-in-chief, mm-hmm. he says, simple, we don't take any pharmaceutical money. What? Oh, my gosh. You, I mean, you have intellectual freedom again. And so yeah. in that context, medicine can work. Mm-hmm. But not in the context that it is that you point out, Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton and, and Dr. Jamil and what you're doing. Uh, as I said, I I don't look as medicine as being antagonistic to me because I look at this collegial relationship I have mm-hmm. with many and various forms of the physician community. We we work together. We're all better for it. But it's been really programmed into us that we must be divided. We must have a dominant position and we must be gatekeepers and then the bureaucrats become the gatekeepers not the real healers uh so i know you guys are acknowledging that i'm grateful for it but um how can other physicians or other people participate in what you're doing
3: so i think there is this a real um myth about the fact that uh, physicians um, don't know how to manage their businesses. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. you know, Obamacare came in and they corporatized medicine and now we have a for-profit industry. That has to go away. Um, there's a reason that mm-hmm. physicians were never considered good businessmen because our patients came first. So um, when we became doctors, if there was a patient who couldn't afford to pay the bill. We were like, okay, we'll take care of you anyway, because that's what we do. That's what's important to mm-hmm. us. Um, if anybody's familiar with the corporate medical system now, every the, the majority of um, Americans are underinsured. So Obamacare came, came in and um, promised like everybody would get insurance. And the amount of premiums, co-pays, and deductibles that people have to pay out of pocket um, is preventing people from going to their doctors and getting health care. So the sacrifices that we have to make, and we will have to make sacrifices, um, is to go back to a direct parent system where you have to pay out of pocket. And when you do the math um, in the long term, you will come out ahead. Um, and really that's the key way to protect that patient-physician relationship. Um, your doctor will be committed to you because they're not going to be getting um, consent from the insurance company. Like if you need a test and the insurance company says, well, according to their yeah. protocol, you don't qualify, the liability is on the physician and the patient. Um, so then you're stuck, right? Um, and so it's, it's a terrible model. This for-profit yeah. corporate hedge fund <laughs> interference yeah. in our practice. Um, so that's one thing that I think um, people should start thinking about getting out of that system. Um, part of what Reclaiming Med wants to do is bring the community, different communities together. So groups, you know, patients can <laughs> come together. Um, medical providers could come together and come up with creative ways of being able to do these things. Um, education and knowledge always comes first, you know, as far as we, from our perspective, like freedom is choice, like on a very basic level freedom is choice. So if you don't have choices, then you don't have freedom. Right. That's right. Um, but in order to make good choices, you have to have good information. You have to have Mm -hmm. knowledge. So that's something we can definitely contribute to. We have Mm -hmm. Saturday meetings where people come and we're trying to reestablish the truth so you can trust things that you're hearing. Um, and after that, you have to have access. Um, If you don't have access to things, then you don't have choices either. And then lastly, you have to be able to afford things that you have access to. So those are things that if people come together as communities, they can work on, but individually, it's very hard. And so part of our platform is just to bring these communities together so they can have these conversations and and come up with solutions. Um, And that's what we're working on.
0: (laughs) Wasn't it interesting in the past few years, particularly where we found that whether they be doctor or not, if you spoke out, in opposition to the, uh, I, I dare they call it consensus. I think it was manufactured consensus. It wasn't real because there were so many physicians speaking out uh, about COVID therapies in hospitals, saying, you know, you're not treating them when you could treat them. You're waiting till they're near dead and then you're giving them treatments that are killing them too. And of course, all those doctors were accused of spreading misinformation and disinformation. It turns out, the WHO was wrong about almost everything. CDC was wrong about almost everything. Anthony Fauci wrong about almost everything, recently admitting there was no scientific basis for you know, standing six feet apart, on and on it goes. And there were many doctors and non-doctors alike pointing that out almost from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. they were deplatformed. They were threatened with loss of licensure, as you, you, know, you experienced, Dr. Sutton. The, the, it's an extraordinary thing that we're witnessing mm-hmm. that we must protect the freedom for everybody or else— we will have freedom for nobody. And this is for me where I would encourage you as physicians, allopathic Mm -hmm. medical physicians to begin to embrace once again, all of the healing arts and sciences. And let's come together. The chiropractors, the naturopaths, the herbalists, the homeopaths, and don't look at each other as enemies. We've got a lot. Everybody's got a lot to contribute that will help everybody, but that's not where it's been for a long time.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think one thing that if, and this is my opinion, but having like, observed the past three years play out there's a lot of criminality in what's going on um to separate the science from the criminal activities because you can't address crimes through science right um so this idea of misinformation and disinformation in the medical field it's a criminal enterprise like the medical mafia has put that out there to shackle like the well-intentioned physician and prevent them from doing their job um and it's it's a real crisis because if anybody knows anything about medical practice, um, what we do is share information. So when you tell us that the information we're sharing is now illegal, you're literally taking our medical license away without actually taking it away. And nobody, you know, when you graduate from medical school and earn that medical degree and pass all those exams, you basically get the supreme authority to share opinions with your patients. We're we're not Mm -hmm. getting... You know what we that is what we're getting like our profession is based on sharing mm-hmm. information so anything that impedes that is criminal and it harms patients and that's something people have to recognize i think what i find in the you know like i think it's more than a freedom movement we're fighting for a lot more than that but what I find among our uh, the people in our um, group is that we are trying to debate science as if we are dealing with rational people. Who care about <laughs> yeah. Us. Right? Yeah, so,
0: a wrong assumption. That's for sure, and that can hurt mm-hmm. us. Um, my friends at uh, IPAC, uh, Dr. James Lyons weiler mm-hmm. are doing. I don't know if you've ever met Dr. Jack. He's amazing, okay. and he's really bringing the integrity back to science without conflicts of interest. There are a lot of folks that are looking to create a renaissance movement. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm encouraged by what you're doing as well. And there are a lot of groups that I think are aligned with you working independently. We could come Mm -hmm. together as well. Um, There are Mm -hmm. a lot of great conferences where doctors are finally coming out and interacting with all the various fields of uh, natural health and medicine as well. And we're all benefiting from this kind of exchange that hadn't happened, as I said, in a long time. And it's not to be feared, it's to be embraced. And of course, mm-hmm. who's really afraid of that? Those that are delicensing good people like Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton. Mm-hmm. They're afraid mm-hmm. if we talk to one another, we'll know that they're, you know, full of you know what, and their power mm-hmm. goes away. And inevitably it's going to happen because the people are already going away. Yeah. The only thing they have is more authoritarian power structures to force, to mandate and prohibit, which is no way to treat you know, people with integrity that really want to get well.
4: I think also that every human being has to ask themselves at this point in time, what is my relationship to authority? Because we have been too passive, whether we're professionals in a system that has bribed and overpaid us and given us a false sense of security, just do what we say, or whether we're listening to the news and making decisions about which insurance policy do I buy and how do I buy my food and how do I take care of my family's health. We have to really say, can I trust myself in making judgments? And can I see that the authorities, the usual authorities are no longer trustworthy, that we've really been betrayed?
0: Yeah, well, you're right. And, and uh, you know, I've been encouraging doctors to grow a backbone too, to stand up, but again, yes. the threats are real, as you point out. You yeah. could lose your livelihood and the debt-based system of education to the point where medical school students come out of medical school with half a million dollars in debt. Now yeah. and it's like, Whoa, are you controlled? Debt is, is slavery. Yeah. Debt is control. So that's yeah. another part of the system that is corrupted as well. So there's a lot we got to do to fix it, but I believe in freedom, we can figure it out. But in tyranny, it only gets worse.
3: Right, A hundred percent. And that void that's going to be created should be filled <laughs> with freedom that more tyranny. And I think that's the job that we have ahead of us um, and what we're working on in the capacity that we can.
0: Amen. Dr. Jamil, Dr. Sutton, God bless you both. Thank you for being on board and having a great discussion about what you're doing. And uh, we have your website linked up today in the show notes. You guys check it out and share it with your uh, doctor friends that, you know, uh, know, obviously they're trying to do the right thing if they're friends of yours. So check it out, reclaimingmed.org, reclaimingmed.org. Do you guys have any upcoming events that we should know about that people might want to attend online or in person?
3: So we have Saturday meetings every Saturday. It's they're virtual and they're really amazing. We get some really great people. Um, and it's their Zoom meeting, so you know the the presenter will um, discuss whatever their expertise is, and then uh, the audience can um, ask questions, participate. And we have one this Saturday, so we can forward that information um, to share. I forget who the speaker is, but it's always okay. Good. <laughs> but if
0: everybody goes to your website, they can find out about this as well.
3: Yes, exactly. It'll be posted
0: okay. there. Reclaiming I think
3: it's med- Chris
4: Downey from VaxCalc.
3: Yeah. Okay. So he
4: ha- helps parents follow the number of milligrams of aluminum that oh, their yes. child is receiving in total.
0: Yeah. And the Hep B vaccine exceeds it. That yes. one shot. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Folks, uh, again, good people are out there in medicine. And uh, that's what I want you to know. That's why I'm glad that. Uh, you guys could join me today on the air and relate again we don't have to be antagonistic to one another this is, this is you know this is one of those places where we are all in this together and it's not a slogan you know and if we want to succeed we got to help everybody find that freedom doctors too <laughs> yes i said that and thank you for doing it and uh, if you guys want to reach out any any time let me know if i can help
3: thank you great thank you so much appreciated
0: all right, great. Love the discussion, and these you know these are important discussions to have with all of us in in the various forms of uh, healing that are out there. I say healing because I, I, I there there is an intent for many people that go into medicine to actually be healers, and not be uh, just simply prescribers of toxic drugs. Other than I I argue you know last resort, right? Whenever when all else fails, it's like yeah okay, there's a place for it, and yet they don't have the freedom as physicians to to go to those other places and they should have that as we all should. So I'm encouraging you to check that out as well. All right, Super Don, we've got a man, I'm in an intense show between Jonathan Emore giving us more history lessons and uh, these two docs that are doing good work with reclaiming med. Don I Howard.
1: I had no idea that he was so well-educated on the topic of, of the history of slavery. Yeah, Uh, I was just I was just like blown away. I'm just like, whoa, we're we're getting like a a college level uh, uh, course here on on history. It was it was it was very cool.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. And again, the discussion we just had with these two physicians. Again, these are caring, concerned people. They they really do want to see. Uh, you know, medicine go back to the higher ideals, right? right? And not to be, you know, so corporatized that they're cookie-cuttered and told well, what to do. And, you know...
1: I, I love it because, you know, the, these organizations you're seeing that are just popping up everywhere mm-hmm. um, are like uh, governments and big pharma's worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what? It's their fault that these organizations exist now because it was the 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 heavy hand... Uh, during the, the the pandemic COVID situation yeah, that created these organizations. Mm-hmm. They didn't exist at this right. level before right. that. So, you yeah. know, talk about blowback.
0: Yeah, right? exactly. They created the scenario. They're having to deal with it now. And their only re- response is to become more authoritarian and that's being rejected more and more. So they're on the losing side of this equation as inevitably they would be because it doesn't follow the laws of nature. And of course, our desire for freedom so, with that, let's uh, feel free to do the homeopathic hit of the day, shall we? Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on The Robert Scott Bell Show the lost medicine of America. I never knew about this till I was 24, and I'm so grateful that I found it because I'm alive and well at 57, almost 58, doing things I couldn't do when I was a a younger kid. As you see, the handshake here is between potassium and arsenic, right? Potassium, you think, well, yeah, we all need potassium. Arsenic, do we need arsenic? Not a great idea to ingest it, so if you do this, make sure it's homeopathic. That is diluted, succussed to the point of non-toxicity. Cali arsenicosum, or Sometimes Cali Arsenicum. And I want to thank Nutritional Frontiers, Folium PX, and Trinity School of Natural Health, Body, Mind, Spirit Medicine for supporting our message. Uh, and that gets out these homeopathic kits to give you information that none of us really had growing up in America unless you were like the weirdest of weird in a good way. Like your mom, your mom your <laughs> grandma, or a homeopath, right? How cool would that have been? That happens, but it's rare. I didn't know about this. So let's open up the PDF. Everybody has free access to this at robertscottbell.com. And once a week, Super Don uploads all the PDFs. And if you want the video version of what I'm doing right now available to you, just join us on our Patreon uh, support page and you can have access to that as well. Cali arsenicosum or Cali arsenicum, the remedy for skin conditions. And it also says cardiac issues. That was a typo, Super Don. I meant to eliminate that uh, because it's not actually accurate. There was, a, you know, some, vague reference to it that I don't think it's as, uh, for your consideration, you might dig deep and deep, but there's so many other cardiac-focused remedies, I wouldn't necessarily go to this one. So make sure that's corrected when we get to uh, publish it later. Now, this remedy. Cali arsenicosum or arsenicum is a homeopathic remedy with a large impact on mostly skin conditions. And we're going to go into some of those things. Um, it's a compound of potassium and arsenic. Also, it's known as Fowler's solution. And we use it in homeopathy in it's highly dilute form. So it's no longer toxic like arsenic would be in a homeopathic form. It's no longer toxic, recognized for its potential to treat various skin conditions like psoriasis, eczema, and more. So, if we look at the, the physical characteristics, we go into uh, even, uh, let's say, dry scaly patches, even outbreaks of shingles and other herpetic lesions. This is a great remedy to respond to that. So, if you're looking at you know the, the one way of suppressing immunity by attacking what they call viral outbreaks, why not look at supporting the innate intelligence or the vital force of the body to correct what's gone wrong? This is a remedy that can do that. Mentally, there may be anxiety and nervousness, particularly related to some of these health concerns, and there's a periodicity or periodi- periodic, uh, let's say, manifestation associated with the use of this particular remedy. So as we look at skin conditions, psoriasis, eczema, dry scaly patches, some anxiety issues can be addressed with this, although there are a lot of other remedies for anxiety and nervousness that I might choose first, but it's part of the symptom picture if you're really going deep with homeopathic remedies. They're very, very specific if you get right down to it, it makes it very difficult for most to access. But that's why I'm doing these homeopathic hits to kind of give you an introduction so you, you're not afraid to go a little deeper if one remedy piques your interest and you pick up the, the Materia Medica by Borky or otherwise, or books that we've talked about from time to time. So if we go into dosaging, potencies are really interesting in homeopathy. If you didn't figure it out, it's counterintuitive because the more of a substance, that is, the, the the less the dilution, if you will. It's kind of weird to say it, but let's say at 6x, you're now at one part per million of the original substance. If you go to 30x or 30c, you've diluted beyond the number of Avogadro, which makes... Uh, molecular reductionist head spin. They're like, what are you doing? There's nothing there! But we're working with energy, metabolism, uh, information, communication at a level that is beyond just molecular reductionism, which is why the allopathic community tried to or largely rejects it until they experience it, and they find out, whoa, I don't understand it, but there's something going on here. So if you want to go into the higher potencies, dealing with more deep-seated chronic conditions, I suggest that you consult with a homeopath at that point, uh, because you may be in over your head a little bit there, and uh, uh, I want you to get the help and not be frustrated by this. Other remedies of complement to this um, potassium arsenic combination in homeopathy include arsenicum album, which is basically arsenic based homeopathic set often can be used as well for skin conditions, anxiety, and restlessness, and a lot of other poisoning issues. Rust toxicodendron, many people have encountered that. That's poison ivy in a homeopathic form. It can counter a lot of skin issues that may or may not have been even caused by poison ivy, like eczema, psoriasis, but rust tox does a lot more than that. And if you have a situation where you have uncontrollable, intense itching symptoms, then we have a remedy known as Miserium. That can be, again, I never knew about it. And I had that growing up, but I was always using steroidal creams which drove things deeper and weakened my immune system and even damaged connective tissue. So having access to these things as a first, second, and third resort, you can always go for the heavy big guns if none of this works, but to use the big guns first doesn't seem appropriate when you realize there are safe, gentle, natural ways to address these things. So while caliarsinicosum is generally considered safe as a homeopathic form, self-prescription for serious conditions, uh, you know, like I said, there's help available and it's appropriate to seek help when, it, when you're just not able to do it yourself. And as I conclude here, and just to wrap up, it's just a reminder of some of the things we already did because it's, qu- it's a quick hit. It's a valuable remedy. It's not often used, but it's a unique one if there are really intense skin issues that are not responding to anything else, uh, like eczema, psoriasis, or even herpetic lesions and, and, and shingles. Uh, so tune into the Robert Bell Show. We'll keep h- bringing you these homeopathic hits every time we do a new live show, and you can download them later. For those of you, especially if you're part of our Patreon support crowd, you can see visually what I'm talking about. Remember, this is for informational and educational purposes only. It's not to replace a doctor if you have or want one. But as I've recommended before, if you want a doctor, ask them how often they have a bowel movement, because if they're going fewer times than you, you know what they might be full of. So be careful. <laughs> Just, and if they're offended by the question, they're not the doctor for you. But again, I love that the docs are joining in and wanting to invest in this knowledge and this education to empower you, them, all of us with information, because that's what this is. It's not to replace anything, it's to provide you with tools so you can make better informed decisions about the care of your health, your family, your loved ones, your children without governmental or third party interference, if you believe in freedom like I do. And if you do, you'll stick around for the bonus round. It's coming up in just a minute because the power to heal is yours. All right. Are we back?
1: I think we're back. You know, <clears throat> you weren't even watching that, were you?
0: No, what was it that you were playing? I was busy typing no. a message to Dr. Sutton to see if she wants to join I'm, us in the bonus round cuz she's not hanging even on. You, no. I can tell she's awesome. I work, I work hard like
1: on her. those. What? And anybody else notice? Notice what I did there? What did I do? got a kick out of myself.
0: Never mind. Okay. No, never mind. No, nope. all right. Well, our Dr. Sutton wanted to take off. All right, no problem. <sighs> I, look, I I enjoyed Having the docs on today, was I offensive to them? Do you think in any way? I thought I was offensive. Well, you know how it is. I'm a homeopath. I could offend anybody, right?
1: Um, I don't think so. Well, you know. Okay, I will say mm-hmm. that when uh, Doctor Jamil first came on, yes, she said she made a comment, and, and it kind of, uh, yeah, kind of caught the. But I don't know what she meant, and so okay. it, everything went fine, but she was like, I thought it was interesting what you were saying because I'm firmly rooted in allopathic medicine.
0: Yes, she did And so, that,
1: yeah. I, I didn't, didn't know whether it. that was – I didn't know what that meant. But, yeah. I think she
0: was establishing her ground, what her expertise is in, right? Okay. I right. didn't take it as an offense at all. It was I, just like, yeah, just so you I, know, I, I'm not a homeopath. I'm not an, I'm, I'm right, an allopathic right, medicine. Right, so, right, right. no, I didn't have have a problem with that at all. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. no,
1: I, I don't think there was any uh, –
0: no, I thought that was, was cool. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, what did I miss while I was typing a message uh, during the the sixty second thing? What was the visuals? Because I was not watching. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was fish. It was fish. Okay.
1: Yes, it was fish. All right. There you go. So there, sorry, there were there were there was a, a school of fish that were swimming around, and there was some. Other I know fish. you got to dig deep. There were find swimming the around, things. and they went to another scene where some fish were were swimming around, and at the very end, it ended yeah. with somebody cooking fish. Uh, w- with lemon and seasoning. So, oh, that's great. Yeah,
0: yeah. That remember? Oh, again, another memory, a movie memory. Monty Python. I think it was uh Meaning of Life. Uh, wasn't there one scene where it was like fishy, fishy? fishy you know what?
1: Fish. I it, no. Listen, I that's one of you. You really like that one. It yeah. makes you laugh. Yes, it. Does. And I think yeah. No, there was an incident. Incident. Uh, instance. Uh, not too long ago. Hmm. Well, maybe it was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Time flies. I just I can't have no I have no concept of time anymore. Right. But uh you you had said that your son had said something or done something or or whatever in that was in reference to that scene. I yes. had never seen that before.
0: No, you hadn't?
1: I was just like, what is this? Yeah. And so I looked it up and I was just like, holy crap. I have never seen this and it's like it is like the weirdest uh I I don't know what the context of it was, mm-hmm. but it was just a scene. But it is like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen Monty Python do. That whole scene <laughs> that they do, yeah, it was just like it's—it's it's like some kind of like artistic expression, right? It was like thing uh, that they're doing
0: modern art, and you know, in a way, you're like going, "What is, <laughs> what is going on here?" It was so bizarre. But you—you know—you got to that point where you're just you're lost in it and just laughing, giggling. It's like, like what I've yeah. never
1: forgotten that. Yeah. Or since every once in a while there's a, a reason for me to say say mm-hmm. fishy, 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 fish. You know, I just right. do. And people look at me funny, like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> now, did you see the scene where he brought him the one little mint wafer, the little thin little wafer? That scene from the restaurant where he's like hurling massively. That was mm-hmm. the, from the same movie, I believe. Totally gross, but was it? No, again, I didn't it's so see absurd. But By it the was, way, I just got a text over. message. Yes. From your wife. Really? She saw the fish. Yes. Well, she was watching. She saw I w- it. I was busy messaging. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I can be distracted once in a while. I'm allowed. I'm a host. Yeah. Super Don's here to pick pick it up and uh, make, make sure I get back on the tracks. <laughs> mm. So I just dropped it. Was this the comment of the day? Did we get that included? Oh,
1: I did not. No, I'm sorry. I, okay. got, I was doing 100 things at the time. I forgot
0: well I, it was a nice follow-up anyway uh, to me. a previous comment remember beth ann where she wrote in it's like i got the materia medica right this borky right and she's like i i can't and this is no slight to beth ann because i've warned everybody about this if you try to pick this book up and read it it's going to be unintelligible not because you're not intelligent just because the language the way it's presented it's and it's like one of the best in terms of more modern even though it's not totally modern but and usability for chronic diseases, etc., But it is far afield from someone if you don't and are not interested in really going deep into homeopathy. That's why I like the homeopathic hits. Just if you don't care, just use that. But there's always so much more you can go into and it's, you know, peaking the interest for those that want to go further too. So she says uh, in this uh, comment, thanks Robert for addressing the homeopathy book by Kate Birch. We had Kate Birch on. She had a great book that would get, make it easy for folks, right? We just ordered it. We so appreciate you. I just turned 70, am on zero meds, and look pretty darn good. Thanks to your show through the years. People are shocked to find out my true age. Well, God bless you, Beth Ann, And, you know, that's like my mom, at about to turn my 90. If you see her pictures on Facebook, you're like, I'm looking at her picture. I'm like, that doesn't look like anybody I've ever met that's 90 or almost 90. So we're going to go and have a celebration. For those of you in the Atlanta area, reach out. Uh, if you if you want, uh, send a message to Super Don, and maybe we'll get you to the party, too. Uh, but that's coming up this weekend. And then Monday, the plan is to uh, broadcast live from Mickey Bell Studios uh, in, in the Atlanta area uh, for the show. And it'll be an early show. Not up.
1: to be confused with Mickey Mouse Studios.
0: Right, Mickey Bell Studios. And right. I, I think it will be my thought at this point, Super D., is that we do it 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. So it'll be an early morning broadcast, similar to, I think, what we did when we were in Colombia.
1: And what day is this? Monday. Monday. Coming up. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we're going to do an early broadcast, and if Super Don feels so fit to do so, he'll rebroadcast at the normal time as well for those that are like, what, what's going on? Did I miss it? So uh, give you two opportunities to watch on Monday. But if you want to join us earlier on that day, that's the plan as of this moment. Okay, Monday. Yeah, it's an early Monday. I know to start your week that early. I know it's a bummer. That's right. But for mom's birthday, I think it's worth it. I want her on, and she she can tell me whatever she wants to on the show on Monday. It's her show. No pressure, mom.
1: (laughs) She should just host it.
0: Well, yeah, but look, if you're not up for it, be be with me for five minutes. That's fine. Whatever it is, it's your birthday. You get to decide, and we'll have fun. So looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Uh, tomorrow we're going to do an encore because it's a travel day, getting out to Atlanta, and um, so good. Monday we're the twenty ninth,
1: I had I had marked off as an encore, so um, I'm going to change that.
0: Yeah, well, I've told you numerous times, and I don't think you wanted to hear me say it that no, we're going to go live. This was
1: something that we did early. long ago, and then I think you changed your mind after the fact, and then and decided, I've
0: said it verbally.
1: I just but haven't changed it back.
0: You didn't want sometimes. to.
1: <clears throat> you know i honestly don't care it's you know we did this listen we did this before and it was the first time we had done an early morning Mm -hmm. show yeah in a zillion years long time yeah um and you know what i mean it it went fine and it was Mm -hmm. actually kind of cool because i ended up having like the rest of the day the rest
0: of the day exactly so so you have that monday yeah all right that'll be fun that'll be awesome (sighs) all right let's see what else we have here what's that like seven o'clock my time. Uh, let's see, 10 o'clock. Yeah, 7 a.m. your time. That's the plan. Yeah. That way I can get out to the airport in the afternoon. Atlanta's crazy. It's, It's just too big. They should have two airports in Atlanta. There's just too much going through that one airport. That's my opinion. I mean, people of Atlanta, you might agree with me, too, if you have to go in and out of there.
1: All right, so let's see what we got.
0: Oh, yeah, anything on on Rumble? Or, uh, I think we had some Rumble. people watching on Twitter. X Liberation
1: well. Station was hanging out, talking about stuff. Um, and then uh, somebody dropped a link to some. Rumble. You get those those people on Rumble that will just like they'll stop by in, in your chat room and say, "Follow me at this thing, whatever." I'm like, get right. out of my chat room. <laughs> so, so that's it over on uh, on Rumble. Okay. And let's see what we got going on on Facebook here. Kim says, happy birthday, Mickey Bell. All right. And Cleo is there. Steve's there. And, yeah. Okay. I think we're kind of caught up on there.
0: What did let's- you think? I-, I thought it was interesting. I'm glad that we were able to get to that before we ran out of time with Jonathan at the end. That story about the government trying to prosecute people who, who made fake uh, vaccine cards for COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he made a very salient point in the, under the common law. If you are forced into a situation where you have to choose your ability to feed your family or comply with something that could kill you, that there is a legitimacy to, you know, that I was a big fan of people doing the fake cards because, you know, it wasn't a pushback to stand up and go, we will not comply. At the same time, if they're going after these people in the midst of their fraud and defraud and unconstitutional, it's like, it's going to, it's going to blow back on them even worse. They're just so stupid that they're wanting to go that route.
1: That's yeah. I mean, I understand. Mm -hmm. It's a tough one. I mean, you know, the thing is, uh, I, I would. I think I would tend to agree with you, um, but uh, you know, I, I I don't know if it were for if it were me. Yeah. Um, if I were going to forge mm-hmm. a vaccine card in order to be able to go to work, and if I got caught mm-hmm. forging a vaccine card because I went to work, yeah, I would be more inclined to go. You know what? I knew when I did it that there was a chance that I would get in trouble. Technically, you know, it's a law. Whether you agree with the law, or you don't agree with the law, it's still, you know, it's still there. And the the chance of getting caught is something that is very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would probably just go, yeah, okay, whatever. I got caught, but I still don't care. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Here's here's the fine. I, yeah. You know, I still did what I thought was the right thing to do. You know, but it sounds situation.
0: like someone like Emord would have no problem defending you in a situation. He could like try. That.
1: I don't know how well that defense would work because you know, in order to say, I mean, I'm t- trying to think as like a like an attorney.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, that I'm not. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, to say, well, um, people jaywalk, so you know uh, that makes it okay that I did what I did because other well, people more, break other laws that maybe aren't, don't make more, sense or.
0: I think that wasn't the strongest argument he made. I think the more, the stronger one was the necessity issue. Oh, sure. The people on a drown you know, would drown and die or go to shore and there happened to be trespassing on private property. You'd yes. be hard pressed to have. Right. Uh, but
1: what the problem you would have is you would have to then mm-hmm. prove Yeah, Which at this point is an extremely difficult thing to do to prove that there is an equivalence between getting a vaccine Mm -hmm. and drowning in a lake. Now, you you and I would look at that differently, and our opinions would be the same. But in a court where you have to present proof that would be accepted by a judge or a jury and convince them of such, that's going to be a bit of an uphill battle.
0: Well, if you get a jury trial today, I think you can succeed because so much information has, has flooded out unless they're only watching MSNBC. Here's you, the
1: problem, dude. Yeah. And I get it, I get it. Yeah. But ha- having had some experience with these types of things and seen other people that have dealt with the court system, sure. it sucks.
0: Yeah, no, Because no, not, you get into
1: a good trial. That, yeah. Trust me, listen to me. Yeah. If you get into a trial mm-hmm. and you get up against a good attorney,
0: a prosecuting attorney, yeah.
1: They're going to load that I mean, get the process of of getting a jury
0: yeah, I'm they, not they arguing will, that it's a yeah. good r- route to go down You right. have to go down, but I'm just saying from How many how many point,
1: hundreds of thousands of dollars would you end up spending trying to to do that? The, look, the system's I, rigged, I, I, man. I it know, just is. It is rigged,
0: and yeah. I don't dispute that, Super D. I'm just right. saying f- fundamentally, philosophically, even talking lawful legal issues, yeah. uh, I think that it is a defensible position. It's one that I wish people didn't feel like they had to do, but I acknowledge that in certain circumstances, when we realize how dangerous the injection is, not just was, but is, there is a lot more that can be brought to bear that makes it more difficult. I'm not saying impossible, but more difficult for the prosecution to win a case in a jury trial. But it would always be expensive, and there's always a case with a uh, hotshot attorney, a DA, you know, whatever. So what is this Kim saying? Hey, that shot is ruining the hippocampus, yet it's ruining the brain, and it's now proven. You yeah, know, I mean, to Kim's point, there's a lot of peer-reviewed articles now that are not just opinion pieces that have been oh, published. Oh, I know,
1: us. I no. know, but yeah. still, you know, the thing, it's, yeah, okay, observation,
0: observation, observation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Having been in this, this space now for, for 18, 19 years now, uh, and, and having my perspective. Yeah. Which some people appreciate and some people don't.
0: <laughs> Who doesn't?
1: Yeah. Well, Kim may not, because right. I understand what, what you're saying, Kim, mm-hmm. but we still exist in a society of my science is better than your science. Yeah, that's just that's just how it is. And and at this point, you know, somebody, ah, damn it. Another thing I'm trying to work on is the, you know, I was Mm. listening to myself uh, uh, yesterday on the podcast. Yeah. And I was driving myself nuts (laughs) because I say, you know, way too much. Oh, is that right? And I've got to work on that. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm probably going to it's if it continues to go on, I'm going to create some kind of game of accountability Mm. where it's like every time that I say, you know, with the with minor exceptions. Yeah. Cause there there are two things when people talk mm-hmm. that are probably the most annoying, maybe three. Uh one, they talk too much. Uh two <laughs> two uh uh that took you a minute. Yeah. Uh two, they say you know, hmm. and three, they say um. And, and these are the things that I've learned dealing with people, interviews, yeah. guests, and stuff like that. Oh, well, for sure. So at some point, if I can't seem to shake it, I might say that every time I say, you know, I have to, like, put a dollar in a jar or something. I don't know. Right. Except for, you know, there's an appropriate place for you know, in my what opinion. that place? At the end of a sentence, you could say, that was just a crazy thing, you know? That see now that makes sense, but not.
0: Oh, you're actually asking a question for right?
1: Purpose. Not no. you know you know you know no. So yeah. anyway, sorry, this is something that I, I had a a realization yesterday. Kim
0: comes back with this. It's not a, a let's say a legal <sighs> argument. Yeah, but it's rigged. But you never know what God will do. I'm with you, Kim. You and then don't. this one here.
1: Yeah, our science again is proven. It's not opinion. It's truth.
0: Yeah, but in in the court of law, they they will argue that it's not. You know that's exactly. Your point is, Super Don, and and I don't disagree with that. I, it's but very I also frustrating. Him in that yeah. there is, uh, you know, a divine intervention in everything that is possible. But if you can avoid going into the courts, which are rigged, you're yep. far better off. I think yep. we can all agree on that. I hope maybe you agreed. We that's, I'm I'm with you there, Super D. I want to get these guys to to sponsor us.
1: I want to get these guys to sponsor us. I drink these things all the time now. Yeah. I I enjoy these. That would be nice. Yes.
0: Guayaquil. Back in the day, I remember when they were first importing the mate bulk from Paraguay in South America. Mm -hmm. And I, I was introduced to it uh, by a couple of uh, their health. They owned a health food store in Waco, Texas. And I don't know the man, they were married a couple, he was old and frail, and I don't think he's alive anymore from my memory, but I remember him being introduced to that and then connecting through the natural products industry, going to all the trade shows, and they were just like coming on the scene, gangbusters. They didn't have all of these uh, advanced products like these soda-like bubbly kind of versions. They've really gotten sophisticated there from a simple thing, but it's a great product. Uh, you know, I still like the Mate after all these years.
1: And we've got a chain of, of coffee uh, places here that, uh, called Dutch Brothers yes. that uh, they at one time, I think that was even something that when you I talked about. I was out about. there
0: visiting you years ago, they actually, I was so shocked they had Monte. But they don't know. No, they don't?
1: Yeah, well, that was a passing I guess thing. it was
0: a fad for and them. And
1: speaking of Dutch Brothers, dude, I used to drink Dutch Brothers like mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And I have not had a single Dutch Brothers since since the first. It's, it's one of the things that I've been like, oh, man. I don't mm. miss it too much though, because I can make coffee here. At oh home. my gosh! You and I just... picked up some organic coffee uh, yeah. at natural natural grocers uh, mm. day before yesterday. Yeah, that was out. It's out- outstanding. Mm. It's super great. And I've got nice. um, I kind of fluctuate between using. Uh, there's a monk fruit uh, liquid that I use for the sweetener, mm-hmm. but I also picked up some organic blue agave. Okay. Um, that I'm using as well. What's and you, you know? You've was, done
0: and, raw honey too. Oh, I did it. I did it. Sorry. Yeah, you've it's done sure. organic raw honey though, yes? Or no? You don't like that in coffee? I don't like
1: I don't like that in, in okay. coffee. You
0: know? So I uh I did my my version of bulletproof today. And I sometimes will give a little for my daughter, she'll have a little bit, and and then she's tricked me. She said, Try this. And she apparently made some organic hot chocolate oh,
4: and, and poured no. it
0: into. So it's like, oh my gosh, I've got a bulletproof coffee mixed with some organic hot chocolate, too. It's like, oh, this is a treat. This is like nice. whoa, I wouldn't do this every day, but this is nice.
1: Nice. By the way, uh, mm-hmm. you asked me to do this, and I I hadn't um, told you about it. But what is um, it? Yesterday we had uh, Doctor Nature on.
0: That's right.
1: And you asked him to say the power to heal is yours in Russian. Russian, yeah, because so
3: Kazakh language.
1: Could revisiting. Do it. This is what it sounded like.
3: Здоровье в ваших руках.
0: Oh. No. have to run that by— Can yes. you send that to uh, Anna Ditchburn? She's from Russia.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Double check.
0: I, I want to I wanna it. check
1: it. I want to make yeah. sure. I was having some difficulty in, in uh, uh, yeah. translating
0: that. But yeah, f- a full distance in the Soviet Union from where Kazakhstan was, where it was part of the Soviet Union, and Sakhalin Islands, which is all the way you know closer to Japan. on on that side. So, so, the Soviet Union was humongous. Russia is still big, but there might be differences in the Russian language. I don't know. So, send that to, uh, by the way, did you send that um, testimonial my wife and I did for the Purpose Partners? I did. Yeah, cool. All right. So, they're, they're doing amazing work. Happy to share it with everybody. All right. all right, let's see here. Oh, I just got word of uh, an upcoming event that I've been invited to be part of, and it's still in the formative stages as far as the details, but I'm excited about it. And I'll give you all a sneak preview for those that are hanging out in the, uh, I didn't know about this yesterday during our Zoom AMA, which, by the way, it was great. Uh, we had uh, some massive giveaway. Super Don was jealous. He was like, hey, can I, can I play for that?
1: Dude, the, um, the, <laughs> amount of silver you gave away yesterday it was insane
0: yeah it was like i i had this stuff and i was like feeling you know what let's start the new year off and let's uh, be abundant right and like the six different prizes were like amazing and it's so, and one like we had cardio miracle one of them was given away too mm-hmm. so folks believe me most of you that have participated in the 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 uh patreon thing if you won a prize you probably got more in value monetarily speaking, than what you've given. And I'm not complaining because I love the fact that you would be willing to do anything oh, to help us it, and support you us. You were now, giving right? away,
1: you get, I mean, several, what was it, two or three uh, people won like six bottles of silver. Yeah. I mean, the retail value on that is, yeah, that, I, mean, I
0: mean, that's, that's, that's really More than some of them support us for the entire year. Yeah,
1: uh, that's great.
0: And, and I would say, yeah, if you feel up for uh, raising the level of Patreon support, that would be okay. But it wasn't why I was doing it. I was just really <laughs> grateful and starting off being abundant, you know, and saying Plus, thank
1: you. yeah, Plus, the people on Patreon that were with us there yesterday got a sneak peek of the new website.
0: That's right. You guys... Your support is making this possible, and right. uh, please consider that. And even if you join now, you can access all of the uh, the Zoom AMAs we've done prior, uh, well after the YouTube. A few f- first two or three, I think, were on YouTube. They got banned yeah. or something. Yeah. But we have now. Uh, you can access all of that, and we'll we'll determine like next month should be on a Saturday morning or midday. Uh, we'll figure that out. And I, you know, I forgot to send out the invite until like the day before, but still, hopefully, everybody can catch it. It was great. Yep. Uh,
1: and it's posted on there in case you missed it. Yeah. You go got to
0: post it. it up pretty quickly. Yeah. So I was going to give a sneak preview now, since I just learned about that, this this morning uh, from Dr. Jana Schmidt, uh, part of the the healing for the ages, you know, with Dr. Ely, Dr. Group, and Dr. Artis. Now let me go into the calendar again and see, because I think I added it to our personal calendar. So we'd have it bookmarked and I wouldn't double book myself.
1: Isn't it like September of next yeah, year? Yeah. We're,
0: we're, we're yeah. looking ahead to September, 2024. Uh, the ages conference will look to be September 12th, 13th and 14th. And I don't know if it's going to be in Dallas again, where they had it first time. It might be, I'm not sure, but just say, mark your calendar. You want to be part of the most extraordinary group of docs. And now they've invited me in as well. I feel humbled and honored. Um, that'll be the ages conference healing for the ages. Um, 12th, 13th and 14th of September. I don't know if Like anybody knows this, but I just want you to mark your calendars because, you know, if you can be there, you'll want to be there. Obviously, it was way before they have any announcements on this, but mark your calendar. Gentlemen, mark your calendars. They need to. All right. So that's an addition. Ah, Let's see. We got coming up uh, the 2nd and 3rd of February, sooner than we know, we'll be here for the uh, San Antonio event, the Autism Health uh, Summit. And that's thanks to Tracy Slavsavic. And if you can't be there with us, then you can stream it online. That's going to be great. Ah, oh, my God. This is so, this is like a treat beyond treats. Sneaking some hot chocolate into your feel like, feel like coffee.
1: Feel like you're cheating?
0: Do I feel like I'm cheating? <laughs> uh, no. I don't know. I don't think of it that way. This because it's a delicacy. For me, it's like a real it is a treat. I, I think I'm treating, not cheating. That's that's what I think. So this week I uh, did the uh challenge of the week max out challenge. Uh I I'm in second place, Super Don. I may not win because of Kiki, who I've talked about. She's a beast, she's amazing. She is so and she's over fifty too. So I can't like go, uh, yeah, it's because she's 20 or 30. This, this woman's amazing. She's tenacious and she's very competitive, but I don't mind losing to Kiki. Uh, but, uh, yeah, second place. So that's not bad for the, the max out challenge. Us old people got to stick together, right? Uh, thanks to cardio miracle. Thanks to the super creatine from, uh, from, uh, nutritional frontiers. And it's like, wow, it's amazing what's going on. So I'm still a little sore from it, but, um, no worse for war. I sent you a couple of videos the trainer sent me this morning. Kelsey. I think Yeah, I they were
1: they you. were in a weird <laughs> format. I did manage to um to convert them. Um, but I, I can't promise you what they're gonna look like because so I didn't get a chance to preview them. It might so, be a little weird, huh? Here's the uh here's the it's, first one. I'm
0: trying to get to my sixty pulse points this morning and that's how I'm yeah. So, you're exhausted. I, you know, this is like round twelve for me. I'm like, dead. <laughs> but that gets the heart rate up. Yep. And I made sixty pulse points. I was so happy at that moment. I think there was another one, but you don't have to call if you don't want to. But
1: there is. I mean, I can play. Yeah. That was fun. I can.
0: Let's see. But yeah, that, that's the. See, the the downside of doing cardio miracle is that you're. Cardiac health and fitness is so good that it's harder to get your heart rate up, which is really a good thing for longevity. So, is that um, the one I just played? Yeah, that's the one you just played. That's the okay. same one. But the uh, this other uh, one's
1: like a minute and a half or something.
0: Yeah, you don't have to play it. It's all right. Eh, yeah. Whatever. All right.
1: Here's here's RSB hanging out at the gym. Yeah. Look at him wandering around. Just
0: wandering around. Don't wandering know what, what to, to do. do. I'm already, you see, I'm already through the nine round thinking I'm not going to get there. And God bless Kelsey. She says, I'll get you there. <laughs> and then she starts, you know, teaching me a different, you know, maneuver. As you see, it's like uh one, two upper hook, right? And then I think we'll throw in some ducks, but uh, you know, this is probably around 11 or 12 at this point for me. Cause I'm like, it, it's hard for me to get to those 60 pulse points when you're really in good shape and cardio miracle helps you to get there. And that's a good thing. As I said, but I, my goal is to get 60 pulse points every time. And I can't do it nine rounds unless they're yelling at me for all nine rounds. It's hard. Cause I, I'm not that self-motivated. I'll get there and I don't have a problem. I like doing this. It's not like a, I'm, I'm regret regretting or dreading dreading. That's the word to go to the gym. I'm excited to go to the gym every time I go. And I know not everybody's like that, but I am, I love doing it. But when I'm there, I'll be honest, you know, unless they're yelling at me, I'm probably not going to put it all out there. <laughs> or if there's not a challenge of the week, like every round, right. Then I'm really kicking butt. And I, I think I did like 70 or 80 pulse points in, in nine rounds. Cause I was like, okay, I'm motivated to do my best. Right? right. So in this case, it's like, you know, she's calling the things and then you're doing it uh, normal. And then occasionally you switch to Southpaw, which is a little awkward if you're righty. Uh, but there you go. A little bit of hit and punching and ducking. Don't get knocked out. Occasionally you forget and you get knocked out, but there you go. That's the fun I have. All right. So, shout out to Kelsey. Thank you for that.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Monday? What are we on? We're on Wednesday now.
0: Yeah. No, um, Thursday. It's Thursday today. Oh, today's Thursday. Gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. You got to pick so, an encore tomorrow. Yes, I will. Um, since, so, since we're in the, the, on the topic of, of, uh, punching and kicking things, yes, I had the first opportunity, what happened is my daughter, my uh, granddaughter, Riley, which you, you guys have seen her.
0: Oh, she's dude, on the I saw this This is great.
1: She, um, every yes. Christmas, my daughter says, listen, don't buy her any toys mm-hmm. because she's got more toys and she knows what to do with. Right. She says, I'd rather have you buy her an experience gift rather than a toy. Mm-hmm. And so over the years we've she's done like tap dancing and ballet and and uh uh, uh baseball, T-ball, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And so this year uh we signed her up for a it's it's kind of like a kickboxing um thing, kind of like what you do. Mm-hmm. Um but it's 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 a little bit different, but it's it's basically the same. And so my It's
0: focused I mean, on kids though, right?
1: It well, I mean everybody can do it, but this particular uh, class, I think, does have to do with younger younger people. And mm-hmm. so I got to take her for the first time uh, on Monday. And so uh, here's here's Riley doing her class. Alright,
0: so we're starting off with that
4: double jab and we'll add to it. Alright? I want to see that double jab. She's got a Make good that jab. That first one fast and that second one strong. Double
0: jab. One, one. Like she's a southpaw if I'm reading All right. right. <laughs> she's lefty.
1: I think she's just trying to figure out what to do. But.
0: Her jab is good, though. Yeah. And then she's coming with a around. I don't know if she's lefty or righty, but they have her in. Well, a she is right-handed. Dance. Okay, she is right-handed. She's right she's... now in a southpaw stance, so yeah. she's jabbing with her right hand. And she was looking good there. She's just very, she's very figuring deep. it out.
1: She's learning how to do the kicks and the knees and all that stuff. So, so like,
0: does she have a month of it, or does she get more than that? How's how's It's that once a week. Once yeah, a week? it's once a
1: week. It's a you know subscription. So. Nice.
0: That is so good. These kids that get this early, like my son got a black belt by the age of 10 in Taekwondo and he was flipping and spinning and doing all kinds of things. And I think he did it a couple extra years, but he can still flip and spin after all these years with the body memory that he learned as a kid. So pretty cool.
1: Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, Tomorrow will be an encore. and then live from mickey studios on monday monday yeah uh we never did get anything wrapped uh arranged for sunday Oof. so i don't know if you'll have any ability maybe while you're there on
0: on saturday it's possible that i can do a a recording like locally or something so i'm not giving up on a sunday conversation but y'all keep the suggestions coming in please uh, I'd like to do, you know, I, I, I try, we had question.
1: a suggestion for um,
0: Naomi Wolf. We Naomi Wolf,
1: she's just no. not available. Yeah. So we'll uh, be getting her on soon, but
0: we so I'm, do bring, I'm bringing my broadcast equipment with me. So uh, if I have time on Saturday, I, I could do a, an hour recording with someone. I, I've got someone in mind I want to reach out to, but we'll see if that happens. I'll let you know. But if you get any ideas, let me know. And uh, we'll have the party for mom is Sunday on the 28th. And then um, the broadcast on her birthday on, on the 29th. All right. And if you guys want to get her a birthday gift, buy her book. I think there's, I don't know if there's a Kindle version. I think there is. Uh, but it's uh, A Life of Many Colors, My Journey from Israel to America. I read that right. You can find it on Amazon. Learn about her history. It's pretty fascinating. All right. So anything else in the chat rooms before we hang it up for today? And then see you from Atlanta. Going once. (laughs) Twice. You looking at all the various chat rooms? Yep, we're good. All right. Uh,
1: One suggestion from Steve before we go. Maybe some motivational music like Danger Zone pumping through the headphones will eliminate the need for trainers yelling at you to achieve your full effort.
0: (laughs) Well, Steve, that's really... Yeah. I mean, that could do it. I remember, uh, back in my collegiate swimming days, uh, I would, we had walk bands or the equivalent of them. I always got the cheap version. Cause I, I didn't have that kind of money to get the actual Sony version, but, uh, we play cassettes and my go-to song that would pump me up before a race. Do you have any idea what it was? And that's a wide variety of music. It's not a Neil Diamond Gosh. song, I promise. <laughs> Sweet kid. Right. No, that, that doesn't no, like pump you up for that a doesn't race. It, do it doesn't do no. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, no, I don't know. All right. It's a song by Queen that narrows it. Stop me now. That's my favorite song. That,
0: yeah. That could be a good one, but it didn't have the, the, the metal drive, the heavy guitar that I needed. And, and so at that time, I think you remember that movie, um, Highlander, There Can Be Only One. Oh, yeah. I think they did like music for that. And and I think one of the, the songs that was associated with that movie came out uh, on the album, A Kind of Magic. Yeah. And the song was, no, it wasn't We Are the Champions that came out long before that. Uh, it was, it could have been a trivia question. Has anybody got an idea of what I'm, I'm giving you? I'm narrowing it down. The song that pumped me up before a, a, a sprint race uh, when I was a swimmer back in the day, wearing the, the little headphones that we had. Little foam that you'd wear. Uh, and the the off label Walkman's. And again, Queen come from a kind of magic. It was a song I think it was associated as well with uh uh the the movie Highlander. There can be only one. So there's your hint. Anybody want to guess? Nobody's gotten it. Nobody's attempting it either. What is it?
1: We are the champions?
0: No, it's not because Steve tried that, but that's an older (laughs) song. That was not it. (laughs) Which one is it? All right, here we go no it's not bicycle bicycle that was, also, that was off of uh, day at the races I think that was not that was an older one this is a again off of uh the the album a kind of magic Queen a wow. kind of magic and uh give you another chance to probably people aren't motivated because they're gonna win a prize like if we did this in our in our uh, trivia uh during the AMA all right I'll give you I'll give wow. you 10 more seconds and I'm gonna tell everybody what it is and you can decide if if it'll fire you up if you ever use it that way.
4: Anybody guessing on Rumble? Last chance? Nope. All right.
0: One Vision. Remember that song? What is it? One Vision. One Vision? No. You don't remember that song?
1: I don't remember that song.
0: Ah, <sighs> man. Anyway, that got me fired up. That was re- I was ready to like take on the world at that point, hearing that song. So if you don't know that song, go ahead and search it, listen to it and jam. And with that, thank you for indulging me in a little musical history. i Robert Schatino. What is that?
1: You don't remember this? It's, a tra- the, Rocky it's a tra- training the training montage. Yes.
0: But was that a song by Survivor?
1: No. I who think was that, that was, I don't know who did that one.
0: Remember this? That was when he was in Russia training.
1: Yes, Rocky IV. Right. Yeah, that was that was my music. Gotcha. I was I was I was always always been a big Rocky fan. Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually that was you know the story behind that mm-hmm. is when I was training. Um, I actually got hypnotherapy really to assist me with that. Wow, and that that music from the training montage mm-hmm. uh, was music that was it was like programmed for me. Cool. So that when I heard that music, it was it was you know so it'll still
0: have an impact on you. If it still good. does, yeah, yeah. It still
1: does, right. and so um, yeah, that was quite the experience.
0: All right, well, yeah. go check out One Vision, and then uh, One we'll get Vision.
1: You play
0: it on vision. your phone one vision it has a long intro but it was it was after the intro part where it would then go anyway simple but it 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 got me
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: nobody I'll, said i was an official
1: i'll musician. have to listen to it after yeah anyway all right. Are people bored yet? Yeah, I think they're totally I mean, bored with this. You know, there's 49 I, I, people watching watching this on Rumble.
0: But, you know, this is the stuff. We should do um,
1: this for two really hours. Just, Apparently, yeah. I, it's popular, I guess. Well,
0: you know, Michael Bolden <laughs> says, you know, he, he really loves the bonus round. It's the best bonus round anywhere. Yeah. Lord knows why, but thank you for being with us. It's like we need more inanities and silliness. Uh, By the way, uh. I've never had him on the show, but I'd like to get him on the show. This guy, Caleb, who helped us build the greenhouses uh, a couple of years, a few years back. Uh, And I've talked about him because he's spoken like at, at your health freedom events, uh, Kristen Chevrier put on, he's like one of the funny naturally funniest people without even trying where, my wife and I will go and just kind of hang out, just, just observe and listen and watch. And we'll just be giggling like little kids laughing. Like you're, you're like, you're in school and you're not supposed to laugh, but you're laughing so hard. And the more you try to stop laughing, the, the funnier it oh, gets.
1: The best time. It's
0: like, Oh my gosh. It's those it were
1: the best times. I, yeah. uh, I actually, I, I messaged one of my, one of my best friends from, from high school the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. Is, um, I can't remember why I even did it, but, uh, <clears throat> I was a goofball in, in school. I got into all kinds of trouble. I didn't, I, I spent more time trying to goof off and make people laugh than mm-hmm. do work and stuff. And so I was, I sent him a message. I was just like, hey, you know, how's it going, old friend? You know, we used to get in a lot of trouble and do a lot of things. We were reminiscing a little bit about some of the things that we did to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being in church. Yeah. And, and like saying a prayer. And, um, everybody like in the whole congregation is is listening to you
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: and he would be on the side um, cracking jokes yeah you know uh you know whispering stuff at me and stuff like that to you know and then I'd laugh and then it'd be go out over the speakers and everybody in the congregation here my parents you know my dad mm-hmm. with the red face you know angry yeah. at me so or or there was this one time did you ever see the movie spies like us yes Champion do you ever-
0: Stan Aykroyd?
1: you remember the scene where they're taking the entrance exam in order to be able to join the CIA mm-hmm. and you've got Dan Aykroyd and you've got, um, chubby chase. Yeah. Uh, and chubby chase is trying to cheat. And he's, he's got all these things. He's got like a fake arm in a sling, Oh yeah, you right. know, and he reaches yeah. in, he's got a piece of paint, you know, he's looking at the yeah. notes. of, so we were in, in history class, Mr. Mm-hmm. Barton, yeah. one of the best teachers ever. Uh, and so we thought it would be funny. Mm-hmm. To reenact the scene from Spies Like Us, <laughs> uh, we didn't quite go as far as pretending to have a heart attack. Okay. But I ha- I took a piece of paper because in one yeah. of the se- scenes, Chubby Chase, he has uh, he has all these different things he's using to cheat because he has right. notes he's written. And he has this, th- there's a scene where he, pulls out a folded piece of paper out of his mouth and looks at it, you know, and then puts it back in his mouth and I'm doing that. And people are just cracking up and we got like, you know, in all kinds of trouble and stuff. So it's stuff like that. That was my, that was my right. high school career was that Yeah, it was doing, Oh,
0: no, I can identify with that from time to time. Yes. Yeah.
1: But you know, just the laughter, I mean, yeah. just stuff that today you just be like, that's dumb. Right. But when you're that age, you know, you would get caught in, in a, in a, in a laughter uh, mm-hmm. loop. Oh yeah. Where it just, you know, forget but about it.
0: You can ever find that as an adult. It's a wonderful place to be. And we were, it's there rare,
1: but when it happens, it's yeah. awesome.
0: My wife yeah. and I were there. And the thing is, once you're there, all you have to do is look at each other and it gets worse. Yeah. Right. And that's all it do, takes. Yeah. You can trigger each other and it gets worse. Yep. So here, here, let me see if I can play it in the background here. Can you hear that?
1: Yes. All right. Yeah, that's got some you rock to that? it.
0: That was one vision, right? It's just like I had this driving guitar that just kind of got me into that moment, ready for the race. Mm. So. Anyway. All right, All right. Well, we kept going. The bonus round kept going. I just don't we want did. to. Leave. I almost almost did a third hour. <laughs> yeah. I think I got a meeting at, well, hour, but are we going to meet? We've got to do some prep for a uh, long hauler thing. Right. Yeah,
1: we're we gotta yeah we gotta get on that. Cause I when do you take, want to
0: reconnect on that? You want to do that in twenty minutes or what?
1: I've got yeah, I've got a vet appointment for one of the dogs here at four. So yeah, we'll just do it after the show.
0: Okay, sounds good. We'll reconnect anyway. Thanks, y'all, for being here. Like I said, Superdon's gonna pick out an amazing encore. And you guys you know, unless you're listening five, six days a week, you might've missed it. And it's usually a good one. He picks out some really good ones. And then, uh, we'll see what about we do from the Sunday conversation in Atlanta, maybe. And then Monday for mom's place on her birthday, 90th birthday to celebrate. So thanks for all your well wishes and happy birthday messages for mom. She's in the chat room. So you can see usually is there, but she'll be with me on the show on Monday and we'll have a great time. So y'all thanks for being here. And thanks to the two docs we had on and thanks to Jonathan Emord as well. And remember, support Jonathan, emord4va.com. And uh, we'll be back soon. God bless y'all. Thank you.